Welcome to this random bunch of nonsense for your ears that we call the Speaking of Tangents podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm KJ. And in this episode, we'll start off with our weekend review covering several topics, including a brand new devil in the world of customer service, Jason's continuing battle with evil insurance companies, hear what happened this week in the story of KJ's mailbox, and we talk about the return of the Tony Kornheiser show. Find out if we have a guest when we play Do We Have a Guest? Then we'll talk pronunciation and quizzes before we give some more of our recommendations. Kind of. Then, our resident fantasy football expert, Robert Berg, joins us to break down our draft and predict this year's winner in our fantasy football deep dive segment. And finally, we'll wrap it up with some feedback and Amazon reviews. All that, plus several conversational tangents. Speaking of tangents, remind me to tell you my story about Ric Flair sometime. I mean, woo! In a week, week. things happen. Yes, they do. And now we'll review. Yes, we will. Those things that happened. The things that happened. It's the speaking of tangents. Week in, in review. review. And speaking of things that happened this week, mm-hmm. have I got a situation? Uh oh. This 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 sounds urgent. This this is urgent. Um, okay. So I'm gonna start. This may be a tangent right off the bat, but it's definitely actually it's not a tangent because it's directly related to being able to record this podcast. Oh okay. Um. So I have. For the last two days now, I have had issues with my internet at home. I cannot, mm-hmm. there's, I, there's no internet at home besides my Verizon cell phone data I can use, but that's obviously not sufficient to do anything large, um, mm-hmm. such as record or watch a video or uh, stream Netflix or something. So at the first night, we thought it was just a storm. And so we ended up having to drive to a local coffee shop, which is about 15 to 20 minutes where I live because I'm out in somewhat of the boonies. Mm -hmm. So in order to do the fantasy football draft. and Oh, yeah, on Tuesday. I barely made it in time. Um. And so yeah, it was like cutting it close. Patrick was like, is KJ coming? Because everybody else was there. And it was like, it was literally like two or three minutes before the draft started. Yep, I barely made it because I didn't know. I kept hoping that the internet would come back on. Well, it never did. So finally I said, I got to get out of here then. I've got to go find some internet. So the next day we thought it'd be fine, and it wasn't. It it was actually worse than it ever has been. Um, So let me explain my internet. Because I live in the boonies, I I don't have the option of um, any type of cable, cable DSL or whatever it's called. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't have that option at all. Um, the house just down the road is where they stopped. So someday it's going to oh. come, but I don't know when. And oh, it, now that could be a situation where I had I've had this happen in a place in a previous place that I lived, where you have to be for certain D- DSL, especially the older variants, you have to be within a certain distance of the main hub in your area. Mm-hmm. Because it won't, it, the signal won't trans, won't carry as well. The you know the longer the cable is, the longer the wire. So you get too far away, and it just 
it just won't work or it'll be so intermittent that it's not it's useless. Yeah, and they can't so guarantee you good service. Right. Hopefully you're not just outside of the range and the reason they stop there is because that's the length. Hopefully not. That's the limit. Hopefully not. So we can't do that option. So we have direct TV for television, but mm-hmm. um again, there's no option because direct TV pairs itself with CenturyLink, I think. And so CenturyLink is DSL. So I can't get that. So the other option is get one of those fancy, not fancy, but expensive satellite internet companies that you see. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. You see them on you know TV commercials uh, and they brag about how good they are, but I don't know anyone that has it. So if there's anybody listening that has those satellite internet t- uh, satellite internet companies, they live out in the boonies, and you you're happy with your service, let me know, because um, I may have to switch. I used to work with a couple of people who had it. It was much less reliable than the actual Directv television service. Oh well, then that's terrible because if there's any type of weather, uh, we lose yeah, our satellite. Yeah. Yeah, I have Directv too for TV, and it's. It's also a situation where you actually still have to have a dial-up connection for your upload. For anything you're sending upstream goes through a dial-up connection because obviously the satellite doesn't beam stuff out of it back into space. And, and it's not that big of a deal because most of the time on the upstream, you don't need a large uh, connection. You don't need a lot of bandwidth unless like you're going to do something like record a podcast. Yeah. Well, all that stuff, I don't, I don't understand any of what you said. But I'll take your word for it that I don't know any... I probably don't understand it, it anymore either. There could be something new that's been invented in the last 10 years I don't know about. Oh, I don't understand any of that stuff. So when I get on the phone with these reps, I don't know what they're talking about. So it's not good. But um, I'll take your word for it that it's probably not very good. But, you know, like you said, technology may have improved over the last 10 years. Yeah, so it would be good if maybe maybe somebody out there has a that's listening has a really good satellite connection or a solution for this. That'd be great. I know that the bar down the road from us has mm-hmm. Dish TV as or uh, Dish Network as their as their internet, but I don't have mm-hmm. any idea how good it is. So the only other choice for me is basically cell phone. So right. Mandy has Sprint. And Sprint has, and her plan has unlimited data. And it works, up until two days ago, it worked really well at the house so that we could plug it into the TV and watch Netflix shows or stream stuff or whatever. Cool. Through the phone. Through the phone. That's awesome. So we used her phone for all those, all the TV shows, et cetera. But I don't have enough data on my phone to satisfy my needs every month for uh, bandwidth or data or gigabytes or whatever. <laughs> right, because yours is not unlimited. Mine you is not unlimited. Yeah. And most so, of them aren't anymore. It's, it's, it's hers, like, was she grandfathered she in? She was grandfathered in. So yeah, because they don't really do that anymore. Everybody knows that Sprint is, have you seen the commercial? Sprint is not as good as Verizon, which is my carrier. Mm-hmm. But when you have unlimited data and it comes in pretty darn good, it's hard to get away from that. Even oh, though yeah. when we're traveling, we have to use my phone ninety nine percent of the time, because hers. <laughs> so doesn't the coverage come area, in. the cover, yeah, the coverage area is not good for her phone. But where you are, uh, where you live, it's as long if it's connects, that's great because then you have unlimited data. Yes, and when we first moved in, we thought, oh, this is going to be bad because there's service is terrible. Well, within uh-huh. two or three days, it was perfect. So we thought maybe there was some sort of upgrade to the system. 
But I was told by someone that works in that field, uh, a family friend, that said, no, it actually, your phone kind of learns which satellite is the best satellite, and it switches to that. So that's hmm. probably what happened. Well, or the best tower is the word I'm thinking, not satellite, cell yep. tower. So anyway, it found the right tower, and then our reception was way better than we ever expected. So then we went ahead and got one of those MiFi or Wi-Fi hotspots. Yep, those are cool. And when so they work. When they work. And we have a plan, I think, of it's, it's 12 gigs. So 12 gigs is more than enough, usually, um, in addition to the unlimited data that she yes. gets. Okay, but two days ago, it just stopped working. And was I had to go to the coffee shop. I already told you that. Then last night I had need for internet, and so I had to drive somewhere else, fifteen minutes, and um, park and just use internet. So that that gets really old really fast. Well, I oh, knew. Yes. Yeah. Well, I knew today I'm having to record, um, and so I had to come up to the Twin Cities for an appointment. Mm-hmm. And I went the lady. I went to the local library that I used to be a uh, used to be a member at when I lived up here, and I called the night before, and she said, "Yes, we have three private study rooms, but they're first come, first served, and basically, if you're not here right when it opens, you probably aren't going to get it." Hmm. So I got up early and I came up here and was there when the place opened, but there were twenty people out front waiting to get in. Wow. I've never seen that before. It's a library, uh, which is great. I'm glad people are using the library. I'm a big proponent of libraries. Go libraries. But there were people running to grab this room. Wow. And I missed it. I was the fourth one. And if I, the only way I was going to get that room is if I turned on the jets and jumped in front of the girl. And I wasn't going to do that. So just elbow elbow her into the wall and, and keep going. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe in some some states or regions of the country that's pretty norm, but not in Minnesota. So I, <laughs> I uh, didn't do that, and so then I was kind of stuck. So then I left and went to my appointment, and then I scrambled, and I was able to. I remember that a friend of mine lives in this area, mm-hmm. and. I am in an undisclosed location. Wow. Yeah, somewhere in the Twin Cities. Nice. And I have, and she's letting me use her house and her internet. And the only disclaimer I have to make is she has a cat, aptly named Kitty. And Kitty <laughs> is very interested in sitting on my lap and... um she has a collar on, and it's jingling, and she's meowing occasionally. So if you hear Kitty, uh, there's there's not much I can do about that. And I just want to welcome Kitty aboard today. Yes, uh, the third member of our podcast. Yes, week. so huge shout out to my friend who uh, um, you may have met her at TK Jingles Liver. Oh, she, yes, I know who you're she talking about. She is a non-little, and she's... Um, She's uh, she's coming up huge today for us. So thank you very That's much. Awesome. So yes. anyway, this I left out a huge part. We called Sprint. We were on the phone with Sprint for over an hour, and they continued to basically try and get us to upgrade the phone. And we're like, no, it's not the phone. Both. Oh, you mean like buy a new phone? No, not upgrade. Um, activate. So he he went through oh. troubleshooting. On the phone of, okay, oh, put yeah. in this code, pound, pound, two, three, whatever, 
And then that stuff never works. No, it never works. And I swear they just have when customer calls, part one, apologize. Part two, oh. go through this troubleshooting. Part three, send them to technical support. I know for sure that's what they have. And then I am a hundred percent positive they have a script because I've seen them and I know people that have worked at those places and oh. they give them a script and a lot of it is to make you feel like you're getting help and sometimes it is, you know, basically the reboot the computer scenario, turn it off and turn it back on. And yes, probably a lot of times actually that works. Yeah, but most people are trying that. We have done that about 20 yes. times by that point. Well, I wouldn't say most because I used to work tech support really? many, many okay. years ago. Oh, yes. And people will call in with some of the craziest things, and you should never assume that they have taken any steps. So that's why they do that. I, at one point, had a guy who was trying to scan something into a computer, and after about five minutes, I discovered he was trying to scan it in by holding the document up to the monitor and hitting the print screen button on the keyboard and thought that was how he scanned stuff into the computer. <laughs> oh, so, this is like, uh, you know, trying to watch t television without making sure the TV's plugged in. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it's. So I understand why they do it. The problem is they need a, a, a code word that people who know what they're doing or people who have tried all this stuff like rebooting and turning it on, turning it off, basically activating it, which you were t saying before, um, that people that can call in and say, okay, I know what I'm doing, Needs need to be some sort of phrase like, you know, in Mission Impossible when they, they give you the key and you repeat something and they repeat something. And if you get all the points of it right, they say, okay, now we can move on to actually the troubleshoot, the real troubleshooting of this thing. Yeah, it would save, it would have saved 45 minutes. Yes, and I we just kept saying it's not the phone, sir, because we have a MiFi that also doesn't work. And the the part of the story that I've also also left out is apparently the same exact time that our internet went out, Sprint had a huge outage in Minneapolis, and hmm. so we're not far from Minneapolis. So he said, "Well, that outage has been restored. Everything's fine. So it's not related." And and we're like, "Really? Because it's at the same time, and we've never had trouble." And so he he then said, um, you, you're 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 listed in Sprint as being just in a fair coverage area, so this is probably kind of just normal for you. And we're like, oh my god! I'm like, no, it's not normal. We yeah. we've had perfect internet for two years. This is brand new as of two days ago when Minneapolis had its outage. There's a problem with the cell tower, or there's some sort of problem, not with our phones and not with our equipment because it works in town. Hmm. And um, so basically he said, oh, all right, ma'am. All right, ma'am. We're going to we're going to send you. Let me transfer you over to technical support. And this is 45 minutes later. And. I'm sure that you can relate to this transferred over to technical support, apparently to sprint means call the number again and start over from square one. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I'm having to put that, you know, oh, are you calling for, do you want to pay your bill? Do you want to check your minutes? Please enter the phone number associated with this account. Please enter yes. the last four digits of your social security number of the primary account holder. Exactly. And so we we, we did that for a while. And finally, we got the a customer service lady again and said, well, we were supposed to be transferred, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and then, and then they wanted to, then they wanted to transfer us to technical support, and we said yes. But can you please give us technical support's phone number in case this happens again? So they did, and we proceeded to wait on hold for thirty more minutes, and finally we just hung up. So long story oh short, gosh. we have no resolution. 
I'm here at my good friend's house in an undisclosed location with Kitty on my lap. And so let's roll. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sorry. I'm I'm taking over the Speaking of Insurance podcast. Did you have any insurance updates? Well, you know, it wouldn't be a Speaking of Tangents podcast without an update on insurance. Um, I agree. But... It, this one is actually a very short one this week in the fact that nothing has happened. <laughs> nothing. Sounds like my internet. It has been seven weeks with the car with a dent and a hole and a scratch on the side of it. And again, I'm very glad that it's drivable and this is a first world problem, as we often say. Mm-hmm. It's This is not you know a life or death situation. This is not anything that really even matters in the large scope of things. But... The fact that it's been seven weeks, and I feel like every step of the way we have been the ones who have had to do their job in order to get anything done. Um, The latest is basically that they're saying, oh, you have to use the people on our list of uh, providers in order to repair the vehicle. And none of it is anywhere even close to where we live, which is ridiculous because we live in a metropolitan area, a suburban area of one of the larger cities in the United States and there are repair shops and car dealerships everywhere, any, everywhere, everywhere. I mean, within a 10 mile radius, there's probably 50 of them at least. Yeah. That's crazy. That's kind of like me driving 20 minutes to get internet, but yeah, are you, your, your, your internet story of of poor customer service has, has, you know, carried on the legacy of insurance for this week because it's really the same thing. It's all about poor customer poor service. Poor customer service, is, yeah. yeah. And uh, again, another hashtag first world problem. Yeah. But you know what? It's annoying. Both of them are annoying. Yours is seven weeks. Mine is two days. So I'm, I'm freshly angered here. And <laughs> oh, I understand. Believe me. I, honestly, I think going without any internet connection at your home for two days is probably worse than having a dent in the side of your car for seven weeks. Well, you know, like you said, the car is still it drivable. Would be to me. Yeah, the car is still drivable. And right. so, yeah, it probably is because you're not looking at the car, you're inside of it. But yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Internet, yes. Internet, not having internet at home is crazy, um, crazy, crazy inconvenient. I I can't I can't watch Netflix. I could go on. I could go on. I can't record podcasts, but I'm not going to go on because we're talking about insurance. <laughs> insurance? We're talking about insurance. What? We're talking about insurance. There you go. That's the right inflection. <laughs> I um I really honestly it's it's nothing's changed. I did talk to a friend of mine who has a repair shop. Um a friend of a friend who has a repair shop, a body shop. And he said, no, that's not true. You can use anybody and they will, they may dispute it. The insurance company may dispute it for people that aren't pre-approved, but they have to at least cover um, a certain portion of it. If you use something, cause you know, somebody could come up and just say, here's, you know, $10,000 for this $3,000 repair job. And the insurance company would then have to dispute it. But as long as it's a reasonable price and I know this guy, he's not going to rip me off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm probably just going to take it into him and then have him send that bill to the insurance. It's because, it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, and it sounds like it's starting to become more like uh, health insurance companies where you have to be in network or some crap. Yeah. I heard once that Jerry Negrelli knows a really good mechanic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you need any kind of, you know, paint yeah. work done. I need to get that name from him. Get the name from Jerry. So, Jerry, if you know, why don't you let us know? Because Jason's in a bind here. <laughs> he, he probably wouldn't mind driving all the way to Virginia at this point. 
Uh, honestly, it would be probably faster. Yeah. Than than what's going to happen. I I fully expect to have an update on this story next week, and it to be the same thing of nothing has changed. That's well. <laughs> that's the way I'm approaching it now. So I'm not surprised. The, the people are interested, and I will. Speaking of, I don't see why it, to be honest, because <laughs> it's disinteresting to me now. Speaking of insurance, uh, yeah, uh, John Fitzpatrick at this is Twitter. Uh, okay. At Fitz John P, he, he it's really I, I'm a little confused because it's signed Jake from State Farm, but it is from John's account, so uh, there's little debate as to who it's from. But it says, "Love quote speaking of insurance podcast. I listen at 3 a.m. while I await your call, Jake from State Farm." Oh well, that's from Jake from State Farm because we. I mean, it's obvious that whatever name is at the end, if, if there's not a name signed at the end of a tweet or text message, how do you know who it's exactly, from? So, I mean, right? that's cool that Jake from State Farm, now maybe he could help me resolve this issue since he's got an in at the company that I'm insured with. Yeah, I know. That'd be nice. Help me out, Jake. So, thank you for tweeting us, Jake. Now fix the problem. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Please. So, do you have any updates this week about the mailbox? Because I know that there was a lot of chatter about that this Pe- week, past week. People too. were interested in the mailbox. I I have a, a just a small update. We've purchased a new mailbox, and everything is installed wow. by me personally. Um, awesome. Yeah, and so so far, maybe three days, there's been no new damage to the mailbox, and it's a bigger mailbox, and it houses. Uh, it has a space for the shopper. Oh, built into the mailbox. Built into the mailbox. Uh, we're considering removing that post with the shopper um, because we uh-huh. have a space for it in our mailbox. Oh, yeah. No need to double so up. So I don't know if that's a good idea or not because if someone wrecks the new mailbox, then I'll be stuck with no shopper and no mailbox. But I'm not going to... That would be a sad I'm going to try not to be that pessimistic. So thank you for asking. And uh, the mailbox is new and improved. Awesome. Better than ever, you might say. Yes, the mailbox is back and better than ever. Speaking of being back, you know what else is back? And I would dare say it's actually hard to be better than ever in this case, but definitely at the highest level working on all cylinders, the Tony Kornheiser Show. Yes. This week. This was so exciting, and it continues to be exciting. And they're getting the podcast up as advertised at 11 a.m., it, Absolutely, it's 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 so great, and that Twitter has been a buzz about this return of this show in its new form. Um, so, anything stand out to you this week? Um, any um, dumb thing, num- the number one dopey thing they talked about, or anything in general? <laughs> I would say that my favorite thing so far, one of my favorite things so far, was in the very first show in the open after they basically brought up college football and then dismissed it, like, say, yeah, 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 we normally need to talk about this for a few minutes. They went right into Saliza seats. Yes. <laughs> for the rest of the Open, which was incredibly great. It was it was amazing. I, I love the text messages back and forth about it. And we've gone from, over the years with this show, of Tony reading things from the newspaper on air to now some of my favorite segments are them reading text messages that they sent back and forth to each other from the day before. Oh, it's it's so fabulous. And I agree. They what did they the whole rest of the segment and um Pretty much. Tony is obsessed with Celeste's seats. Yes. And I love, I love how it. Gary reads you know, uh, what did he say? Celeste in the in the Celeste's seats, three exclamation points. That like you yeah. said, that's the funniest <laughs> part. 
It's, and signed, signed Tony at yeah. the bottom. He wrote his name at the bottom of the text message. You know, I, I think I find that hilarious, but I have done that. But I've <laughs> only done that when I know the person I'm texting does not have my name in their phone. So they're, very true, they're wondering very true. who it is. Now, I'm pretty sure that Gary Braun has Tony's name in his phone. So that's, of course, what makes it funny. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> and that is... That what made me laugh. Yeah, you, you nailed it. The Celeza seats and the Tony signing the text were very funny, but the cool, so the coolest thing by far for me, and it doesn't it doesn't really have anything to do with the what the regulars said on the show, but the fact that they played your music as musical bumpers, I, it, this was like seeing Da on TV. I mean, oh. this was so exciting. So much congratulations to you. What is that? What was that like to to hear that? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, beyond cool to hear. I mean, you know, you know from experience when you hear yourself singing in a jingle and words you've written and things like that on the show, it's it's amazing, you know, especially the first few times and, and honestly even every time after that, it's it's really, really cool to hear. Yes. Um, and hear them talk about it and to hear, you know, uh, people that you admire and people that you've been following and, you know, listening to for years say, you know, I like this person or I like what this person's done and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's really awesome. It's almost another level for like music that I've written. Not that the jingles aren't creative because they're they're an awesomely creative in their own way, uh, but just to have the music part of it, being a musician, um, and to hear that on the show was was really, I mean, really cool. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't really know about it until, um, I mean, Michael had emailed me last week about asking me if I would have anything I'd like to send in, and I gathered some stuff together and got it to him. I didn't get it to him until late Monday. Um, by the time I got around to putting it all together and recording a few things, uh, and so they weren't able to use it on the show on Tuesday, uh, but he. Uh, he sent me a message on Twitter uh, on Wednesday morning and said, hey, we got some cool music on the show today. Uh, and there was a debate about uh, where you're from, which oh, that was is so the other great. part of that. <laughs> yeah, that, that um, was really good. Cool. was really cool. The where you're from thing, it, I'm quite certain there's got to be, they've got to know where you're from. Oh, I'm sure Mark gets it. When he said Atlanta and Los Angeles, you know, they're basically yeah, the same. Yeah. I, I feel 100% sure he gets it. When you talked about jingles being creative, absolutely they're creative, but there's no way I can, I could ever dream of composing my own music. So when I see someone that talented, um, first of all, I've heard a lot of your music and I've loved it, but to hear it on that show was like, yes! And I could something I couldn't dream of doing. You know, sometimes I'll write lyrics to songs, but I don't mm -hmm. know how to. I could never pick up any musical instrument and say, "All right, I'm going to write a song." So I, I'm, I, I'm just like, wow, in awe. So much congratulations. And the other thing, thanks. When the very first bumper that they played was the bumper that we use on this podcast in the beginning, the yeah, intro. I know. <laughs> and so if people are listening to this and have listened to this before. They may have thought, hmm, I've heard this music before, and then mm -hmm. now they know why, because it's your music, which is super cool. Yeah, it's very, very cool. I was blown away, and I'm really glad. Um, I'm, I Honestly, personally, I miss them doing the Name That Tune kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, that was always they great. Play, so, and, and just Tony being able to name it, and that's where the, you know, the Eat It gene came from and all that stuff. So I, I, I miss that part of the show. Um, what I'm hoping... Uh, my hope is if they continue doing this where they're playing all other people's music, original music, uh, that they'll get some more stuff in from other people. Because honestly, I mean, nobody wants to hear my stuff, you know, every day for whatever. Um, so um, I don't, once I they don't get other stuff that. in, 
well, yeah, I, I, I know about that. Um, once they get a good rotation of stuff, maybe they'll kind of, you know, go back to it every, every few weeks or something like that, like they used to, about how often they would go back and play the same songs over mm-hmm. and over. Uh, as intros and I'd like to see if Tony can get to the point of where he's like oh is this and he's like pulling names of people that you know had sent the music in yeah uh like he would say oh is this Jason Fuse or you know that to see if him or Gene can name who the little that sent the music in the fastest (laughs) when they first started hear the first few notes so it's actually the name that tune can come back yes with the original music I I think that would be the best of both oh, worlds, me personally as a musician. That would be taking it to the next level. Speaking of going to the next level, what I'd really like to do is if they, um, hopefully they'll continue this process of, of bringing in original music that uh, I could get with you and John and Brad and John Nyswinger and Steve and whoever else you know wants to play or contribute and we could kind of do our own little thing where we can come together and create with ideas, you know, in, you know even if I ended up being, you know, playing more of the instruments, you know, it would be ideas from everybody and we could get it together and do some of these uh, custom ones just for the show, just to inter- introduce different guests and things like that uh, down the road. And I'm imagining most of it would probably be instrumental, but we could have vocals and stuff in there too. You know, you could play uke and then uh, Steve on bass and John on piano and Brad on mandolin. And, uh, you know, we just really almost have like a, a little little band. I think John at one point said we should be called the little house band. Yeah, that's <laughs> what he that's laugh. what he told me. And I, I think that's hilarious. And I do think that would be... Fabulous if we could do that. Yeah, that'd be a great uh, additional way to collaborate in addition, in you know, on top of doing jingles together. Yep, it'd be it'd be really fun. Uh, I have got one follow up question on the, all of this. Mm-hmm. So you said that Michael emailed you or DM'd you or something, and I'm both. Yeah, and I'm just wondering, did he sign it, Michael? <laughs> Actually, I think the first DM he did put Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I think he might have. Because it's the same thing when you get an email that says Jason Fuse as the uh, as the sender. We always sign our emails, don't we? But why yeah, why do we why do we do the that? The first one, yeah. It's it's a it's a hangover from writing letters, I think. We come from that generation of still remembering writing letters and I remember taking letter writing classes like a, as part of an English class in school where they teach you about, you know, here's how they do the introduction and the body of the letter and the header and all this stuff and the signature line. And yep. that that's kind of hanging around from older, older traditions, I think. Yeah. Be my guess. And that's probably why Tony signs his text Tony. But he does yeah. have a point because email is the same thing. We know who's, who's who it's coming from. And if not, you can pretty much decipher it really quickly from the address. Exactly. Yeah, you know where it's coming from. Okay, well, that's really cool. And congratulations. Welcome back, TK. We've got something to listen to five days a week. It's fabulous. Awesome. Yeah, loving it so far. Do we have a guest on the show this week? Answer no or yes, it's a binary thing. Do we have a guest? Do we have a guest? Answer no or yes. Um, no. Oh, okay. Okay, so last week in Real Thoughts, we had yep. a thought from a listener, Anita in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And she asked the question that got a lot of response about mowing the lawn or cutting the grass. Did I say uh, that right? Mow the 
the... Cut the lawn. No, not cut the grass. Mo- See, I'm I'm thrown off now. I think it's mowing the lawn or cut <laughs> cutting the grass. That sounds right. So cut the yard. Cut the yard. Well, so anyway, it's it's obviously you know we we're confused. So we've been seeing this a lot this week in uh, yes. from people chiming in as to what they say or how they say it. Right after we recorded the last episode, I think we got this iTunes review from Anita. We had already discovered the question she asked, but she. I, I like the the review, and you'll understand why when I read it. Okay. It, it's titled, Honestly, by Anita in Alaska. And she, she gives the podcast five stars. Thank you. Oh, nice. And, and she's, so she calls it, Honestly, what are we even doing here? And do you mow the lawn or cut the grass? <laughs> so it's a good question. Do you mow the lawn or cut the grass? I think we, nail, we, we, you know, we pounded that nail all the way into the ground last week. Yeah, that but was great. it did spark some Twitter conversation, and I'm going to read some of that here. Uh, okay. Patrick Moffat at Moffat Patrick kind of started it, and he said, Cut the yard, six cross-country trips, and 49 out of 50 states, mow the lawn and cut the grass are okay. Cut the yard is kooky talk. <laughs> uh, I must be kooky then. Yeah, and then he said he, he followed up with a tweet after that. That segment was splendid, by the way. Awesome. Thanks, Patrick. So, yeah, thank you. Um, and then we got a couple others in response to Patrick. John Fitzpatrick at FitzJohnP says, is pay the lawn service an option? <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, that is definitely an option. Not in my house, but it is an option. Uh, not with someone. me either, but yeah, yes. If, yes. if you have the means, that's probably the best way to go. Yeah, and Ed Butt at, at EDB1947 responded with, quote, lawn the grass, quote, sounds odd, but has certain logic. Was, quote, grass, cut equals, quote, lawn. Hmm. So you're taking the lawn and, wait a minute, wouldn't that be grass the lawn? That's how I read it. So we're still confused, Ed. Grass, <laughs> grass the I lawn. Think, I, think he, I think he's right. It's just. I'm sure he's right. Oh, I know he's right. I just, I think I see what he's, where he's going with that. Wait, so that, that's good. I like that one. It does have a certain logic. He's right about that. Certain is the Absolutely. key word. And then Robert Berg at R3T2, <laughs> he said, has anyone heard? Quote, I'm not familiar with him. I, it's, Robert is he one of Berg. our listeners? I, I think the name sounds familiar to me. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Twitter handle does. R3T2, I feel like I've maybe... Said that R three T two. Oh, is that is that like Star Wars? Yeah, I, I think oh, so. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's where I'm getting it from. That's where I'm getting the association. Okay, what did Rob Rob Robert Robert what did Robert have to say? Robert Berg. He said, "Has anyone heard quote lawn the grass? That's what one of my neighbors calls it." Hmm. And um, so that sparked some debate, and people were going back and forth saying that's even further kooky talk and. He said, well, she's from Serbia. So I encourage you, there's some good stuff in there. I encourage you to go to Twitter at, at Speak Tangents and read, read that conversation. Um, I'm going to skip some of it here just for time's sake. But um, there was an, also a different exchange. They're talking, because Patrick said he's been to 49 out of 50 states. And mm. Brad Weiss, Brad Weiss, I think, at mm. one Brad Weiss, he said, hey, I got 49 out of 50 states, not yet Alaska. Cool. And then he said, cut grass or mow lawn, no other variations acceptable. (laughs) 
So that whole thing led to a good conversation about how many states people have visited or are lived in. And, mm-hmm. and most, there were quite a few that said 49 out of 50. Um, I, I'm yeah. in that category and Alaska is the state I have not been to. So then that led a conversation about let's go to Alaska and visit Anita and eat salmon. And um, so I, again, get on Twitter and read that. It, it was pretty good. And we appreciate the feedback and the conversation. You, you joined the conversation today. <laughs> I'm going to read the conversation. I might not join, but I guess <laughs> okay. I am joining the conversation because I, I'm 47 out of 50. But I have been to Alaska, so I have that going for me. And so what are the states you're missing? Hawaii, okay. Nebraska, for some crazy reason, and Rhode Island. I really think that conversation, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, I particularly like what Luke said about if we're going to Alaska on a road trip that we need to take a pontoon boat. So that's. Yeah, that's, he said he was going to take my pontoon boat. Oh, the one that you had when you were yeah. from your family uh, trip a few weeks ago. And I, and I think he said there's no return guarantees, which oh. which is funny. Very funny. <laughs> and that's it's a TK reference. Nice. Um, okay, so then that kind of. That whole conversation uh, happened about, we're going to go see Anita. So Anita, get ready. Mm-hmm. And then John Miller, again, now just talking about the other questions in that quiz. There was one question about the traffic circle versus the roundabout. Mm-hmm. And John Miller tweeted, and in Boston, you call it a rotary for your roundabout. And mm-hmm. I had never heard of that before, rotary. I hadn't either. I've heard like the Rotary Club, like yeah. you know, like the businesses in town get together in small places, but <laughs> I've never heard that described. That that's that's cool though. Yeah, I that had was a, interesting. Um, I had one from speaking of that out of that quiz. Uh, Mary Faye Randolph uh, sent me a tweet about everybody in her family in Central Texas um, says the devil is whipping his wife when when we were talking about the what was it? What do you call it when it rains? Well, the sun shining. Yeah, sun shower. Uh, and so that I thought that was a more of a southeast thing, but apparently that goes extends out south uh, to Texas too, um, and which made me think, you know, where did this come from? Where did this saying "the devil's whipping his wife" come from? Because it seems so obscure and, and ridiculous, you know. Even though you know, it, definitely. I mean, I yeah, mean, never even considered that the devil had a wife. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> why would if why would anyone want to marry the devil? <laughs> I would think the devil would be alone for the rest of his life. I think some some people might tell you that they accidentally married the devil. Yeah, <laughs> in I some think cases. So. Okay, so sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, but so which prompted me to actually use the internet and look it up and say, hmm, what? Where does this come from? What's the origin of this? The devil is whipping his wife that thing. And so I looked it up, and you know, technically, like we talked about before, it's called sun shower. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's a Wikipedia entry for Sun Shower that I encourage people to read if you're at all interested in obscure things and where the origin of phrases and sayings, because it's a lot of good stuff in there. And it has like a big, huge list of countries and like what it's referred to when the what a sun shower uh, is referred to in different parts of the world. And some of my favorites uh, were Monkey's Wedding and Chicken <laughs> Carnival. So, so I'm going to make it my mission to make my kids think that when I'm, every time it's raining outside with the sunshine and I'm going to say, Hey, it looks like another monkey wedding or look at that chicken carnival. So they grow up saying that just, they think it's natural. Yeah. What's the benefit of being a parent if you can't, you know, absolutely <laughs> tease your kids every now and then. The monkey wedding. I like that. <laughs> um, and then my, my crazy aunt, we've heard from her before. Yes. Um, she she sent a she sent me a note that said 
because the, another question was tennis ball or tennis shoes. Were they mm-hmm. are they sneakers, tennis shoes? And I mentioned that I wish that I called them sneakers because that's a pretty cool name. Um, she said when we were growing up, there weren't quote tennis shoes for us to buy. There were quote keds, and we called mm-hmm. them sneakers. The boys were able to wear Converse shoes for basketball, but they were called they were called conversers. Wait, 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 wait! <laughs> Don't you think that might be conversers? Oh yeah, probably conversers. Because conversers, you know, aren't they people just stand around and talk? Do they stand around and talk in their converses? <laughs> They're very conversational. <laughs> yeah, they would likely be the the ones that join the conversation. In, while wearing go. their That's while it. wearing their sneakers, okay. So I, that was all added parenthetically. I'll get back to my crazy aunt's. Uh, okay. The rest of what she Wait, said. Wait, you mean she didn't say all that in her comments? She did not. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that, and but she and she did not sign it, aunt or crazy aunt. She okay. just signed it. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. So she says. So I distinctly see a difference between the huge clunking, quote tennis shoes of today and the mm-hmm. lean, leaner, easier to wear sneakers. I prefer sneakers and always feel like I have concrete blocks on my feet when I wear tennis shoes. Hmm. And so I will point out that my my aunt is probably two or three years younger than Mr. Tony. I won't say okay. your, I won't say your age, Auntie, but that's kind of what we're looking at that generation. I think you basically just said her age. <laughs> if people want to look up how old Tony is, yeah, there you go. But I'm not going to come right out and say it. And I could be wrong about her age, but I think I, I think I'm in the in the ballpark. Anyway, we so don't that do corrections, so, you know. No, we don't do corrections. And so they, they, they were called keds, but they called them sneakers and, mm. and conversers. So I thought wow. that, was, that was pretty interesting. Okay, and then there was one more regarding, you know, accents or how we say things. And mm. that one was from, um, what was it? Mark V mm-hmm. at home. Uh, same Twitter handle, at Mark V at home. And he says, been listening to Speaking of Tangents, love the Minnesota cool. accent, reminds me of home and family, thanks. Nice. Thank you, Mark. Um, that's a bittersweet comment for me because <laughs> I, um, I don't think I have a Minnesota accent and the people that actually live here always ask me where I'm from. They think I'm from somewhere else. So I don't think of myself as having a Minnesota accent. Not that I'm, not that that's anything to be ashamed of, but it, I'm. I guess I have one, so I will own it. Thank you, Mark. You certainly have one compared to me. Yes, it's all relative. <laughs> and I have a very southern accent compared to you. And then lastly, and this is from our friend Jolene Wojcik, and she sent us a message uh, that said, Hey, KJ and Jason, and she said, Love the pronunciation discussions. And then she added one in for this week's discussion. Oh, cool. And she said, here's one, and I'm not going to say it. I'm going to spell it. All right, let me get a pencil because I'm about to write this down. Okay, write it down. And I'd encourage people to, um, if they have words or phrases or anything that, or they, anything you've heard us say that you're thinking, that's not the way I say it, or you want to discuss this further, send it to us, and maybe we'll just devote a whole segment to, to that or read them or discuss it or something. Absolutely. Uh, you got your pencil? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. What you got? T-O-U-R-N-A-M-E-N-T. 
T-O-U-R-N-A-M-E-N-T. Yes. Sort you want of, me to go first? Sort of like a contest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I will go first. Okay. I say tournament. Tournament. Same here. I have no idea if I actually said that differently from you, because, you know, I have my own issues, my own issues with that. That but. sounded pretty similar. Now, what cool. Jolene says is, what, what she said was, TK, referring to Kornheiser, Tony Kornheiser, says it different than anyone else. I, she says, I say tournament, as most do, which is what we just said we said. Tony says something like, now, tournament, tu tournament. You better try uh -huh. that. I think what she's saying there is tournament. Yes, like tuna, tuna fish, mm -hmm. tournament. Tuna, tournament. And what that reminds me of is I think what Tony is doing, and he may actually say it this way, I think what he's doing is taking the um, accent of, what's the guy who runs the Augusta National? Uh, he comes out at the beginning of every Masters, and you know he announces all the news and stuff about it. Hootie, is his name Hootie? Hootie, like yeah, that? it's Hootie. I don't, it's not the blowfish. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not Darius Rucker. I don't, I don't know his name, but I do believe it's Hootie. I bet you Jolene Hootie, would know this. Probably, she's a big golf fan. She's yeah. a big golf fan. But Hootie yeah, Johnson. I think. Yeah, maybe. Hootie Johnson. Sounds right. I think we'll and I go think with that's that. the way he says it. And but being from, you know, he's. Uh, I, I'm assuming he's from Augusta. He sounds like he has an accent. Sounds like he's from, you know, south of Georgia. And so I think that's what Tony's doing right there because there are people uh, in my in you know in the Georgia area. Um, especially you get out into, you know, the more of the countryside and you'll hear tournament. It's kind of like the old, you know, I can see them standing around with a, a mint julep in their hand, yes. you know, the big, big wide brim hat, uh, Southern, that, that kind of Southern old, old, old school Southern. Speaking of mint juleps. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I cannot drink another one of those ever. <laughs> I've never had one. Kentucky Derby parties are brutal. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. Well, you're, you're not supposed to have eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, they put them on special sale, you see, and then they say okay. the benefits go to this or some charity. I'm like, well, I'm helping charity. Might as well have another julep. <laughs> so anyway, I, I digress from that. Yeah, I, speaking I do, of tangents. Uh, yeah, I do, I do think that he is also making fun of someone or mocking mm -hmm. someone, kind of like Kevin Sheehan says, hurricane. Yeah, but I, it's totally there are there there are there are people that pronounce it that way. So she's absolutely right. Oh, yeah. Even if he's even if he's not doing it, you know. There are people that pronounce it that way, and there are people correct. that say hurricane. Yeah. And so, I think the way that I when I when when Tony's not mocking it, it tour, tournament, mm -hmm. I think he actually says tournament. I think I've heard <laughs> him say tournament. That sounds that sounds right. Yeah. To me, this is the first. When she's when Jolene says that she's noticed people say it differently, I um the first time I ever noticed this was the movie Karate Kid, the great eighties movie Karate Kid. Oh, Ralph Macchio. Ralph yeah. Macchio says he wants to win this tournament, and I I think that's a, probably a New Jersey way of saying it. Yep, that makes sense. I've heard him say tournament before. Yeah, tournament's a great one. That's that's a good one. Yes, Jolene. thank you, Jolene. So send those in to us, and, and if you have any other ideas, and we'll just keep right on talking about this. I mean, this is the insurance podcast, after all. Yes, and and all uh, yeah, insurance, <laughs> and all of that came about, and that's when 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 Anita sent the message about mow the lawn, cut the grass. That's what led me to remember this quiz that I took from the New mm -hmm. York Times. So all of that came about from that quiz. 
that's awesome. I, I, I'm really glad that people enjoyed that because I have another quiz question for you if you got if you have just a couple minutes. Oh, I, I love quizzes. This is a real thought because I came across this week and I was like, that's really cool. Uh, I'll get to that. Um, but the, uh, the question that I didn't know this, what year holds the record for the fewest number of number one albums for the entire calendar year? Okay, you what get, year? you'll have to repeat that question. Hints. Repeat the question. I didn't even understand the question. Okay, so <laughs> I probably did a terrible job. <laughs> no, I don't think so. As we know, my, my skills at reading questions are not very good. We don't, um, we don't know that. What do you mean? I've never even heard you read a question. <laughs> I read one question in the last quiz, and there's a reason why you read the rest of it. Oh, yeah. Well, that was just me just continuing to go because I was on a roll. <laughs> well, that's, that was the correct choice. Uh, what year? So, you know, Billboard um, keeps track of, you know, highest charting albums and songs and all that stuff. And they've been doing it for many, many years. Yep. What year in history holds the record for the fewest number of albums that were at number one for that year? What year was dominated by a handful of really dominating albums? Oh, okay. All right. Oh, I see that. Now I'm making the connection to that question. I would have not phrased the question that way. But <laughs> well, that's that's I told you I was terrible at this. No, stuff. I mean, you didn't write the question, though. No, um, I would. OK, well, you so you have to kind of think about uh, times when there's somebody that dominated the charts. Yep. Um, Which doesn't really happen much anymore. So really, you did say you were going to give some hints. So maybe maybe. Uh, OK. All right. I'll take a I hint. have owned. OK, here's hint number one. I'm I have owned. <laughs> I have owned every single one of these albums uh, from that year. Oh, is so are we talking that, about not that many? This, we're talking about the same artist or different artists? It's different artists. Okay. Okay. Well, in then, one case, uh, I, here's another hint. In one case, it's various artists on one album. So this is some sort of best of. Possibly. Or like. Uh, what else would have various artists on it? A soundtrack. There you go. Okay, we're talking that's, about that's hint number. That's hint number two. That all right. Two of these albums were movie soundtracks. It's got to be the eighties. Yep. So good new movie soundtracks. I think you got to throw Dirty Dancing in there, not necessarily as being good, but being po- pretty popular. popular. That is not one of the answers, though. Okay, but but well, one of the one of the albums. Okay, so it's not Dirty Dancing. All right, we got to go with Star Trek. But does Star Trek have a good soundtrack? Star Trek? What are you talking about? All right, you might just want to edit you... that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that I never watched Star Trek? <laughs> All right. You mean like the... Think of movies that have songs that you remember as being from a movie. All right. Okay, Footloose, okay? <laughs> Footloose, right? Yes, that is one of the answers. So Footloose. Now, here's where I'm not going to get it because I'm not good with movies. So I would have to say early 80s, 85. Mm-hmm. Oh, so close. 84. So close. Yes, 84, 1984. Okay, so what were they? Footloose? So you know one of them's Footloose. There's four more. Only four more albums. There's a total of five albums 
1984 that it that held number one, which is insane to oh, me. Oh, really? That's it? Yes, only five. I owned all five of these on cassette at some point in my life. Okay, so 84. Mm-hmm. Footloose. What happened? Yep, Footloose was one of them. Um, There's another movie soundtrack in there, 1984. It, you said it's not Dirty Dancing. Mm-mm. You will definitely know all of these. You probably owned all of these all in right, some form. I'm going to come back to the soundtrack. Uh, okay. Something by Madonna. Nope. Something by Michael Jackson. Yes. Thriller? Yes. Okay. Thriller. Thriller was the main, it was the biggest selling album that year. So MJ and Footloose yep. soundtrack. And then yep. there was and another that, soundtrack. There's another soundtrack and then there's two more albums. And you've got them in order so far. It, it's Thriller okay. started off the year and then Footloose. Okay. And then what else came out about that time period that would be popular? Okay. Well, we've got Goonies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they had sound. Okay, well, this has got to be a John. Uh, what's the name of that director that did all the good Breakfast John Club? Hughes. Breakfast Club. Nope. nope, that's that's a good guess. That has a lot of good songs on that soundtrack. Yeah, John. But, am I right about John Hughes? No. Uh. This is more of a musical sorta. Oh, um. You you know yeah, this very um, very 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 well. Oh gosh, it's the Flash Dance. Flash Dance is that what it's called? Nope. Nope. But there is a flash dance, right? Uh, there is a flash dance, yes, in existence, yes, <laughs> <laughs> but not in nineteen not, not in this list. Well, uh, this well, this is one of my favorite albums of all time. Prince. Yes. What movie? Purple Rain. Yes. There okay. We go. Okay. Great. Great. Purple, Purple Rain. Rain. Purple Rain came out in August of that year and it was on the chart for the rest of the year. I don't doubt that one bit. Yep. Even though I number, couldn't it was number guess one it. on the chart, I should say. Yeah. And so that that's the two soundtracks. So you're missing two. You're missing the two that are the most obscure in to me. Okay. That I would consider the most obscure. You'll have to give me a hint then. If they're the most okay. obscure, obscure. Look at how much I needed help with the others. Okay. The one that came before Prince. You you know very well. It's popular with someone on Tony's show. And it also, the exact same album that preceded Purple Rain at number one, also succeeded Purple Rain at number one. Oh. So it, it was the number one album before Purple Rain and after Purple Rain. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this because I think you met you said it's popular with someone on the show, so it's gotta be a Springsteen album. Yes. Um are we talking What's about most Born to Run? Popular. No, the it's Born in the USA. Born in the USA. There okay. you go. I knew it was one of the Borns. And not, yeah, not a, Jason Born, but one of the yes, Born. No. <laughs> Speaking of that, also I did movie. see the new movie, Jason Born. What did you think? Oh, I thought it was pretty good if you liked the Born movies. It was right up. Cool. It was right along with the Born movies. And you know you're going to get action from the moment you start to the moment you end. And you yep. better buckle up. Yeah, I, I saw the first three uh, recently on TV. They did like a marathon of them because I guess right before the movie, the new one came out. And I remember, yeah, these these are pretty cool. I, I'm not into them as much as like a lot of people love them, but I, I, I thought they're pretty cool. I've never seen the Jeremy Renner. Is that the fourth one? I never saw that either. Hmm, um, okay. But it is the fourth one. And Matt Damon is just great. Yeah. he's He can do it all. Okay, I'm sorry. Back to... <laughs> Uh, Bor- Springsteen, Born? born in the okay. USA. And you said it also, but that's not the, you said that one. So then 
Born to There's one born more, but I, I just want to say, I, I want to say again, it's amazing to me that Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen was number one, number one album before Purple Rain, and Purple Rain was number one for like six months, and then again, the number one album was Born in the USA after that. That's that's really cool to me. That 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 was the part. That's the most interesting. Like that's yeah. what sparked this anyway. When I saw that and I read that and I was like, wait a minute, what? So what do you think happened there? Do you think that they released he released another song from that at the, that no. time and then it went went back up the charts or what? I think it just had the longevity. It had a, like a longer run because it was only number one for about a month before Purple Rain came out, and then Purple Rain, you know, was just so it would have right. eclipsed yep. anything right there yep. at that point. Um, uh, the only thing that I could think of beating it in that time frame would have been Thriller. Um, mm-hmm. Thriller was basically the only thing that sold more than than it that year and, you know, the year before, and I mean, the year after and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it, I think that Springsteen was popular enough that I, I imagine that it hung around at probably number two the entire time that Purple Rain was number one. And then when Purple Rain fell off for whatever reason, it, it just kind of filled in because there's not really a whole lot that came out because this is like in the next year. This is 1985 when uh, Purple Rain fell off. Because it was, I think it was number one for like another uh, few weeks into 1985, and then um, Born in Born in the USA was just kind of hanging around and just just kind of took the spot when Purple Rain fell off. Yeah, you're probably right that Born Born in the USA was number two and just waiting for that time to just yeah. go back up on top. Okay, so I got one more album. It's, uh-huh. it's this is this is by far the most obscure. Oh but... well, it's got to be Hall and Oates. No, but. In the sort of the ballpark. Okay. It's got an and in the title of the band name. Mike and the Mechanics, Duran and Duran. <laughs> Duran and Duran. <laughs> oh, isn't that the name of the band? <laughs> it's got two Durans. But Duran no squared. <laughs> Duran squared. What was it? Duran Duran. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, okay, so Mike and the Mechanics. Did I get it? No, I think Mike and the Mechanics was. Was it like the 90s? Yeah, it was probably the 90s. Okay, yeah. so... And wasn't that the guy from Genesis? Uh, I don't know. The guitar player? I think I think, my, I think the mic in that mic in the mechanics is the guitar player from Genesis. Okay, I didn't know that. All right, yeah. so it's got an and in the title. I might mean more of a hint than that. Uh, Tony's show is nominally about this. Sports. Sports. So the album name is Sports? Not yes. the band name. No. Remember the band name has an and the in the in the middle. Oh, an and the. Uh huh. Okay. This sports. was a very popular album, even though it was only number one for a week. It was it was popular in the mid eighties. Eighty four sports. I don't think sort of Hall and Oates, sort of. Sort of similar kind of thing. I can't, that one you're gonna it, we'll have to just do one more guess if you can think of it, and then people people at home are screaming the answer. I just know it. <laughs> You and I have done a jingle with the singer in this band. I sang his part, and you sang the other part—a duet. Oh boy! I think it was Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay, um, Huey Lewis and the News. There you go. Yes, Huey Lewis and the News. Um, sports. The name of the song was Sports. The name of the album. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I I didn't know the album title, but uh, I definitely okay, yeah. know who Huey Lewis is. Yep. So that that was the. Basically, the least popular album, number one album from that year, and it was still very popular. Because, I mean, when you're competing with Thriller, Footloose, Soundtrack, which was huge, Born in the USA, obviously huge, and Purple Rain, you know. Yeah, that's really impressive. That's really impressive yeah. out of Huey Lewis in the news. That's quite a, that's quite a year. Because you're, you're, you know, you're competing with 
Prince, Michael Jackson, and Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. That's two all-time, or three with Born yeah. in the USA. That's three all-time, all-time albums. Yeah, that's, that's, first of all, it's interesting there was only five the entire year. Yep. And secondly, I would never have chosen Huey Lewis in the news. I mean, when I said Hall and Oates, it was a joke, but... <laughs> You got very close. Yeah, Hugh, I wouldn't have guessed that as being, I mean, I, obviously I guessed Madonna. A very valid guess. I think she was next, I think she was the next year. Yeah, like she was, was middle, of the, middle of the 80s, and mm-hmm. really her fame started later in the 80s. Yeah, because she had what, Borderline? I know that was her first hit, or Shining Star. Borderline or Holiday. Yeah. Yeah. And then when Like a Virgin came out and she rolled around on MTV yep. Awards in the wedding dress is when yep. she skyrocketed. Yep. That was cool. You had, are there more questions or is that what well, that was it? No, nah, that's pretty much it. Okay. I think you did really good. I like that. That was fun. So hopefully if anybody has any kind of ideas for quizzes or anything, I'm, I'm sure that you and I can come up with something for next week if not. But uh, if anybody has any ideas, point us in the direction of stuff. We'll, uh, we'll quiz each other and, you know, Prove to you how little we actually know, at least in my case. Well, no. I mean, I do believe I said that Star Trek had a soundtrack. Soundtrack. <laughs> Not a soundtrack, but a soundtrack. Soundtrack. In both ways. That, you know what? That would have been a really good title for them. Soundtrack. <laughs> here's, pro- here's a good time to move on to our next segment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking of not having qualifications, um, <laughs> I have, I have a couple weeks ago, I made a recommendation based on my crazy aunt. Um, mm-hmm. Her recommendation of uh, when you, when you, if you want to keep soda or pop or cola or whatever you call it in your neck of the woods, yep. uh, if you want to keep that from going flat, you s- screw the cap down tightly, shake it up, and, and then it holds its carbonation. Mm-hmm. I have to rescind this recommendation because now I've actually tried it, and it just doesn't work. At <laughs> least it didn't work for me. Well, I tried it too, and I agree it does not work. And I told <laughs> it my did not work at all. I told my aunt, and she said, "Oh, it works. You know, you you, you must not be doing something right. It always works for me." Hmm. She said, "The only time it doesn't work is if there's very little uh, cola left in the bottle." Hmm. Now, I tried it with I tried it with one that was about three quarters full. I tried it with one that was like half full because I had you know a few since then. And with the smaller bottles, with the 20, 20 ounce bottle, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's and, that's all yep. I've tried it with. No two liters. Nothing. Yeah, and so you know maybe other people have had success, but I haven't. And I yeah, it could be that I'm really picky about my soda. Well, I I will say that. There's no doubt that I am very picky about soda, and I really? don't even call it soda. It's Coke. Coke. And, and it is nothing but Coke and Coke and Coke. Don't say Pepsi. This is a situation where when I go to a restaurant, it's when you know take my drink order, and I say, I'd like a Coke, and they say, oh, is Pepsi okay? I say, no, thank you. I'll have water. Oh, really? So you, you don't I, want it. It's Coke. Yes. Even and if it, I am a... Go ahead. Even if it's... Even if you want a Sprite, are you ordering a Coke? Oh, I don't drink Sprite. But if you did, would you order Coke for Sprite? No, I'd say Sprite. Oh, because some people would. They'd say, give me a Coke and whatever the standard 
Coke. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Whatever the yeah. standard Coke-like drink is, that's what you're going to get. Now, I realize Sprite's not Coke-like, but if in your region it's RC Cola or Tab, you order the standard Coke. That's what mm-hmm. it, they might not have Coke. So it's interesting. If they don't have Coke versus Pepsi, you're not drinking it. There you go. And and when I say Coke, I mean Coke. I don't mean like Coke as in soda. I mean Coke as in Coca-Cola original formula because I am a Coke connoisseur. <laughs> you might say soda snob, a sommelier of soft drinks, Professor Fructose Esquire, Dr. Pop MD, Young Fizzy, King of Caffeine. I'm not <laughs> talking fizzy. OG or OMG. I'm talking OFG, the original formula gangster. High fructose, highfalutin, Coke, and nothing but Coke. And I am super picky about my Coke. So maybe that's why it didn't work for me. Young Fizzy. Yes. My rap, my soda rap name. And high, high fructose, highfalutin? Yes. So you don't even do Diet Coke. Oh, no. Because there's no, no high no, no, fructose no. in that. No, no, no. So Young Fizzy might get down to it. Maybe you just maybe you just can't stand any type. You have to drink it all in one setting or it is going to go too oh, yes. flat for you. Oh, absolutely. And there's a situation where I don't even buy two liters. I know it's a better value. I go in a store and I see the two liters. And, you know, when they used to make the three liters, mm-hmm. um, I would see those and they're like, you know, 69 cents for a two liter. And then like a bottle by itself, like a 20 ounce bottle is like a dollar fifty or even more in some cases. Yes. I, I'm spending the dollar fifty and getting the bottle. Well, that's that's where I was at. That's where I was, too. But yep. then when I've got this amazing recommendation i thought okay now i can make i can i can get a deal here and keep the soda pop coke whatever i'm drinking that requires Mm. carbonation i'm going to keep that by shaking it and closing the cap and shaking it it didn't work though for me and it didn't it didn't even work in the 20 ounce bottles ah okay well yeah i would say then probably we should rescind that recommendation if you're saying it didn't work for you because it certainly didn't work for me, but I know I'm, I'm an outlier on this in terms of the way that I partake of the Coke product because I, I am all about the Coke. And that is my one thing that the dentist says, this is not good for your teeth. This is not good for your body. This is not good for this. Da, 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 da. You know, some people have, people have their own vice. Yep. Yours is Coke. That, that 20 ounce Coke is my vice and I have no problem saying that. So you're a, you're a Coke snob. Or you're everything oh, else yes. snob. You're not a yeah. Coke. I, and I will. I, like, I will. I used to drink Mountain Dew, and that's, that's, that's a little too much for me now. And I used to drink Dr. Pepper, and I still will, you know, every now and then. But I save those calories. I save the spending of those calories, those empty calories on Coke. And I am not going to waste it on anything else. I can understand the idea of saving calories. I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. But... For for something worth it, I always ask myself, is this worth the calories? Anyway, yep. I am a I am a a cola snob. Notice mm-hmm. I didn't say Coke because I'm okay <laughs> I'm okay with Coke or actually Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi. I can't uh-huh. really tell the difference, but I am snobbish about beverages in general because then this might be why the recommendations this recommendation didn't work for me because. I do not like, generally, I don't like drinking out of a plastic bottle. I like aluminum. Oh, see, I, I, I'm, I'm glass all the way. I'll drink out of the plastic and the aluminum's okay. Those are about the same to me. But there is nothing like 
a glass bottle Coke. So you there's nothing. Do you so do you get the you buy the eight packs or whatever they are nowadays with the Coke bottle? Oh no 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 no! I don't buy multiple packs. I buy singles. Oh, because there is a difference between what they put in the packs and what they put in the singles. Oh, you I can absolutely tell the difference. There's no doubt. You could give me two and say, here, blind taste test me on two Cokes. One is pulled from a, th- a six-pack or an eight-pack, and one is a single. I can, tell the, I can tell you the difference. You can tell the difference between that, but you can't tell the difference between insurance and insurance? <laughs> well, my taste buds work. It's my, it's my hearing. It probably doesn't work all that well. So you are definitely an outlier on this because there's oh my goodness, no yeah. way I could, I could tell you. that. I can't tell you the difference between Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi. Oh, Oh, you sound like the people who can't tell the difference between Diet Coke and Coke Zero. Actually, I can I can tell that difference. But for some reason, I can't tell the difference between Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi. I've tried a blind taste test, and I really can't tell. I'm 100% Coke, regular, old-fashioned, original formula Coke. Couldn't stand New Coke when they came out with that. Don't know what they were thinking with that. I mean, actually, I know what they were thinking. I've seen the documentary, <laughs> speaking of knowing about Coke, where they talk about it was a marketing move to save money because it would be cheaper, a few cents cheaper per, you know, hundred bottles or something like that. Something that was, you think is not that much money, but adds up millions over, you know, years time. Wait a minute. Um, there's a documentary about Coke? I saw some, something on TV. It was a show about it. Not how was it made or anything like that, but something were on like one of those discovery channels or something where they were talking about oh. different Coke formulas and they would went back and interviewed people about the history of it and why it changed and why they pursued a different formula and all this kind of stuff. I heard something about that once on This American Life, I think. Hmm. They talked about it there. So maybe they've done a documentary since then. Possibly. So you are a Coke fan. You're like a fanboy. Oh, yeah. I you guess- could take my TV. You could take the internet. You could take you know, sweets like sugary foods. You could take salty snacks, all that stuff. Your guitar? You could take my guitars before you take my coke. For, you'd have to pry it from my cold dead hand. This is that's a song lyric right there. You could yeah. take my guitars before you take my coke. You could pry it from my dead hand, or what did you say, my cold dead hand? Cold dead hand. That, yeah, that's got to be a Jason Isbell song somewhere in there. Definitely. Um, I, I guess I I don't know if I could say the same, but the first thing that comes to my mind is my Burt's Bees chapstick. Oh yeah, so you so you know at least somewhat how I feel about this. Yes, I do, and, but I would agree that glass glass is the best. Mm-hmm. I often will take the if I have to drink out of plastic, I'll take it out and pour it into a glass. Um, I've done that too. Yep. So I'm I'm snobbish about the kind of container I drink it out of, but the most the most snobbish I am is it has to be like freezing cold or I won't drink it. Yeah. Oh, I can't drink it warm. Uh, you know, not even not even remotely warm. No. And as soon as it gets warm, I'm pouring it down the drain because it doesn't keep its carbonation. So you can't yep. refrigerate it. refrigerate can't it. shake it up. Yeah. No. And refrigerate it. Yeah. I'm in the situation where often when I open a Coke, I can hear the sound of, that it makes mm-hmm. out of the bottle and be like, okay, this is going to be a good one or this is going to be on the lower end. <laughs> This I, this is. I wish I was joking about all this stuff, this but I'm is not truly even truly on another level. I, I I have a feeling that people are going to be interested in what you're saying here, and they're going. To I don't know about it. that because this is super weird. I just remember when I was a kid, when I was probably six or seven years old. No, I was younger than that, five. And I when some of my first memories are going to stay with my grandparents for you know weekends at a time, 
and I would eat grilled cheese and drink Cokes. And I looked forward to drinking that Coke, even at that age, like I look forward to that time. And I don't know if it was originally the Coke or if it was just spending time with them or, you know, getting to, you know, get away from your parents and you kind of, you know, <laughs> grandparents let you break the rules a little bit more, yep, which I've, yep. I've experienced the other end of that with having kids uh-huh. and sending them to my parents. And it's like, they come back and I'm like, did they just pour sugar into your veins the entire time you were there? It's that kind of situation. But anyway, I remember that. And so my entire life, practically every day, I've had a Coke. Wow. It's pretty close if you average it out. I mean, I miss something in there every now and then. And there was a point in time for I took like six months. I, I take that back because I took like six months at one time and said, you know, I need to get rid of all. And I did like not not a cleanse necessarily, but like fasted from like all kinds of, you know, carbs and sugars and basically ate just natural fruits and vegetables for like six months. How'd that go? And it was really, really, really difficult for about the first week. Uh-huh. But then after that, it was totally fine. And it actually, I felt is the best, best I've ever felt health-wise in my entire life. Oh, yeah. And then, yep. uh, I've done that too. And it definitely, you feel better. Yeah. And then I started, you know, back in the Coke, you know, I was like, I, I have one. And then, you know, yes. and I only have, only have one a day. So that's, that's my deal right now with it is I'll have one a day. One a day. So let me ask you this then. You said you don't buy you don't buy eight packs or whatever they come nope. in. So what do you nope. do? You go to the store every day and buy a Coke? Yes. Sometimes I'll buy two and leave one for the next day. Oh, but you honestly, shouldn't do that. It has to be daily, new, fresh. Yeah. It absolutely. And a lot of the times if I buy two, I will drink two the same day. So I know myself. Because if I bought the eight pack, even if it was the same and I bought the six pack or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I brought it home. I would probably drink them all within a couple of hours. The, the, so I, is, I know myself. This is very. <laughs> that's good. That's a good strength. This is very interesting to me. And I will say that the fact that you used to drink this with your grandparents, mm-hmm. I'm no psychologist or psychiatrist, or, but I would say that that's because they that memory is burnt. That good happy memory is burned in, and you've associated that with Coke. Oh yes, in a way, the you know the you've seen the end of Mad Men, right? Yes. Okay. If you haven't seen the end of Mad Men, I'm going to spoil the end of it. Go ahead. At the very end, when they played that commercial, I, it's, it's one of these things. It's, that's, that's one of the things I remember seeing as a kid. One of the first commercials that stick out to me is that commercial, that Coke commercial. That commercial it, was great. Yes. And it's because it really does tap into sentimentality in a way and, and memory and associates with that. It's, it's really great advertising as much as I, you know, will rip on marketing every now and then because they're a lot of it is, you know, underhanded and subversive and what they're trying to do is not, you know, they're trying to push something on you that you may not even need. And honestly, I don't need the Coke, but you know, it sounds like you need the Coke now. No, I, like I said, I, I, I wanted to make sure I wanted to tell myself that, you know, I, I don't need this. And so I, I, if I, if I had to do without it, I could. Yeah. But yep. I don't have to. And there's much worse vices that I could be locked into sure. that I'm not. So yep. I figured, you know, if you're going to deprive yourself of everything, you might as well just be dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're, you're not living. Yeah, there are much worse vices. And that's kind of how I feel with coffee. Yep. And then I, I justify putting in cream and sugar. And that's not good. Yeah. But, you know, that's we all, like you said, we all have our vices. Um, one or two cups of coffee is good for you. You know, eight or 10 a day, which I've known people yeah. to drink is not. <laughs> but they, they say that it's black coffee, not cream that, you, you know, so not that much caffeine has got to be bad for you though. At some point we're done. Oh yeah. When you I'm have that much, when you have that many cups, it's bad, but one or two cups is good. 
Right. I'm not, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a doc. I'm Dr. Pop MD, but you know, medical degrees is not my thing. Dr. Pop MD. I love it. Dr. Coke MD. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't sound as good though. No, it it doesn't. Um, Hey, speaking of marketing. Yeah. Didn't you email me something today that you found that you could not believe was an actual marketing statement? (laughs) Oh yeah. I was watching a press conference today and the guy up on the stage promoting the product, talking about their strategy to release updates, said, we're adjusting our innovation cadence. <laughs> and I went, wait a minute, what? I had to actually pause and go, what What did he just say? And I rewound it because it was, it was a taped video conference, taped yeah. press conference. Yeah. And I said, what did he say? Adjusting our innovation cadence. Yeah, that makes you, you have to re-listen to that because you got to think it's about ridiculous. that. That is yeah. crazy. When he's basically just saying, we're going to, you know, change how how fast we release products. I mean, just say that. Yeah, just say it. It's it's the same thing with the Fitbit, right? If yeah, you want to exactly. walk more, walk more. Walk more, yeah. It's exactly of, the same but thing. But the Fitbit Corporation, to my knowledge, does not say anything remotely that's stupid. As no, this is this is. This this press conference marketing speak, it's like when years ago they started saying sanitation engineers and yeah, yep. uh, stuff like that comes out. And I'm fine. Say whatever you want. It's just don't even pretend that it's not ridiculous. I mean, come on. Oh, sure. Like Subway sandwich artists. Yeah. <laughs> or we're going to synergize our strat- strategies. And I'm like, just say we're going to get together and figure this out. I mean, come <laughs> yeah, on. Right. Well, that's a new one for me. It, yeah, uh, I never heard that one either. What was it again? Innovation. We're going to... We're going to adjust our innovation cadence. Adjust our innovation cadence. That's ridiculous. I'm going to, st- I'm going to start using that. Oh, yeah, you better. It's, it's, really, it's really on the level of join the conversation, to be honest. It is. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we should start that new hashtag. Yes. So to come back full circle, we are recommending, we are basically rescinding our recommendation from two weeks ago. Well, we're rescinding my recommendation from two episodes ago. Okay. And we're not saying it won't work for you. But it won't work for cola, Coke, snobs. There you go. If you really know what's up with Coke, it will not work for you. That's right. <laughs> Let's talk about Fantasy FB. Let's talk about a Littles League. Let's talk about all the good teams and the bad beats from last week. Let's talk about specs. Let's talk about stats. Let's talk about flex. Let's talk about fantasy football. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Deep Dive segment for this week. Uh, we had our Littles League draft uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, Patrick Moffat, the commissioner, did a great job setting that up and getting that going. Everybody made it to the draft. It was a really good time. Um, today with us, we have, again, our expert analyst, Mr. Robert Berg. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for being here again. <laughs> Hello. You know, we actually, we actually have um, – I got uh, – Steve asked if, if he could get into the league. And um, uh-huh. Chad Reuter or Reuter, I'm not sure exactly, but he works, he writes for NFL.com and he's a little in Wisconsin and um, he seemed to be interested also. Wow. He, he wasn't as okay. crushed, uh, but yeah, he, we, he and I have talked about jingles and football and um, yeah, he, he writes, uh, I think mostly draft previews on NFL.com. So he would be a league. ringer for our league then. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. Yeah. He he's was, he definitely knows. He knows more than me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe we want to 
maybe we, maybe we make a like Patrick was mentioned about you get relegated or you know yeah we should have a championship promoted. level league yeah <laughs> and so that like put like the the really elite players you know maybe ten players you think ten or twelve is the ideal I, it has to be twelve ten le- <laughs> remember we talked about ten team leagues they're for children yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we do a, so we do one twelve and then we have like a. I, surely we could get another 10 or 12 people to do a, a yeah, secondary oh, league. Are you kidding? It's, oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. It would not be hard to fill those leagues. So then we have yeah. two 12s, and the yep. bottom ones get relegated, and the yep. top, you know, however you want to work it, um, the top four move up to the A League. Yeah. And then uh, because I missed Gary. That. That? I missed that conversation about being relegated. Yeah, that was before the draft when uh, you were rushing to get internet connection. Oh, okay. No wonder I missed it. That's a good idea. It is. It's a really good idea. But Gary and Spike would stay in the A-League because they're the celebrity draw. Yeah. Okay. So they have permanent place. And it would allow a lot more people to, I mean, you you could add in, what do we have, 16 this year? We have 16, yeah. You could add in eight more right there and then not have a 16-team league, which... We'll get to in a minute. Uh, right. Yeah. Just just about as brutal as an 18-team league when you're drafting. It's close. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah I would the, say. The amount of self-loathing that I experienced <laughs> during a draft like that and the frustration because it's just – I mean, uh, I think – let's see. You were 11th. I was 12th. KJ was 9th. So she was right in the yep. middle. Um, and we were all clustered pretty close. But even picking 12th, after you come back through the second round, it's still forever until – yes. And you're just seeing guys get picked off, and it's just so frustrating. Well, the thing that, yeah, the thing that threw me was when um, waiting when we were, you know, in the first round and the third round when we were a long ways away from the from the pick. It, um, I was like, oh, I got plenty of time, and then I would be up again before I knew it because I was on that short end of the the. the oh list right, yeah. That's going in reverse order, and so I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm thinking, well, I got a couple more picks. No, it's my pick. I got I burned. I yeah, I got on. burned on uh, in the tenth round on that. I didn't realize that I was up. I was on the clock, yeah. and my whole ninety seconds went through, and I didn't even. Go. I was at work, and I was taking care of other things, but I, I really should have been paying more attention. Did you actually get anything in, or did it auto pick for you there? It auto picked. I was oh. trying to get Tyler Boyd at that spot because I needed receiver depth, and yeah. I got James Starks. So oh, <laughs> I might end up having to ditch him. Yeah. I was trying to, uh, I was going to say sucker, but I don't really mean that. Uh, lure Patrick <laughs> into making a trade, maybe. And he has Eddie Lacy, so I thought, well, yeah. you know, he might want to cuff Starks. Mm-hmm. I can throw him in as part of the, the deal. But he never got back to me about about trading me Josh Gordon. But we will talk about that in the fifth round. Cool. Okay. You want to go ahead and look at the picks that yep. stood out to you, um, starting with round one? Yeah, I, 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 so I did, for all 15 rounds, I did best pick, worst pick. These are gut-level reactions. Part of it is um, positional value. Part of it is just my personal gut feeling on the player. So, mm-hmm. you know, some of the people would say, oh, no, I, I needed to get a receiver here. I didn't have any. It doesn't have anything to do with that. Um, it was just who I would have picked. And I didn't go back and look at everybody's roster at the time they picked. Right, so we're not looking at rosters to figure out what what the need was in that kind it's of just, stuff. It's just, just pure yeah. value. So Absolutely. there are legitimate reasons why somebody might have reached for a player or taken a, a position um, that they would disagree with me, and I just don't have that information in front of me, so I wouldn't know it. Right. Say, you know, a particular person took Sam Bradford as a third quarterback from the no, roster. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're not on the list for that. 
Oh, okay. That, that would have been too easy. So round one, what you got? Round one. Okay, so it was a close call between your pick and KJ's pick. Um, and for best or worst? For best or worst, oh, yeah. Oh, for best. Oh, and there, oh, here's okay. the other thing. Obviously, the top of the round, more value is... So I tried to wait the fact that if something was the last pick of a round, try to give you know a little bit of a break and look mm-hmm. forward and see, oh, no, I really would have rather take... I would have taken this player. I think they were a better value at okay. that spot. So I, I do understand if you have the first pick of the round. Antonio Brown, I didn't make him the best pick. He's probably the best player. But right. there's so many good players in the first round, that that's too easy. Okay, so best pick. Went with KJ with Todd Gurley. Um, mm-hmm. This is a non-PPR league. I think Todd Gurley... In fact, I think that I had talked to you guys about the fact that I might have taken him first overall. Um, him and Elliot in a standard league. I would have considered both of them before any of the three stud wide receivers. I don't right. necessarily yes. know that I would have gone that way, but I would have considered it. So to get Gurley at nine was theft. To get Elliot at eleven also theft. But um, God, I was part of the problem of talking <laughs> with you last week is, and I saw several players that I wanted that got sniped specifically by you two. That really hurt. Um, it was just wrong to put me in front of you in the draft order. Well, after you know, we had that conversation. Last you had week, to be yeah. somewhere, so you yeah. know. That's, that's right. All right, so Gurley with uh, KJ, best pick, worst pick. I had Jordy Nelson, Patrick. Now that was the last pick. He had the 16th pick, and then he wrapped around first. The reason I went with Nelson is he he was recovering from a knee injury last year, and then yeah. at the beginning of training camp, his other knee was bothering him. Yep. Uh, Brandon Marshall was there. Brandon Marshall's got 100 passes six times in his career. He had 14 touchdowns, I think, last year. Um, He's a beast. They're going to be bad. Fitzpatrick is going to feed him and Decker the ball. I I would have rather seen him take Marshall. Yeah, I think that, you know, the Adrian Peterson effect is there in a a little bit. Everybody thinks that if AP came back, even though Jordy's not coming back in the same time frame, but everybody thinks they're just going to be the same old player. And we'll see, because didn't Jordy has not played since he went out. Right, I actually, has he? I actually watched not, not him in an actual game. No, yeah. he was. Um, he was playing the. They were playing the Steelers in the preseason, and I was watching yep. that game when he went down. And that you know, it was a non-contact, and he just it was obvious that that was bad news. It was probably going to be mm-hmm. something like that or something. Yeah. Um, and and Adrian Peterson isn't mortal, so no, it, you can't he's a beast. Anybody with him, yeah. But I think that people are even subconsciously are doing that. Yeah, I'm sure the part. Well, and, and the you know medical technology and, and recovery and rehab sure. and everything about it. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. I mean, these used yeah, to be most, career-ending injuries for players. Yeah, one knee yes. and you're out. Yes. That's it. Yeah. You're done. There's two things. One, I just now noticed Patrick Moffat's team name. Bad knee and Lacey. I like that a lot. That cracks me up. <laughs> that's pretty good but i was also surprised about ronkowski going second i'll say yeah that surprised but, me a yeah. little bit he claire, is, is claire a, a premium Pats fan? yes yes oh, she yeah, is 100 percent. Okay. and if she didn't take him then carol was going to take him mm-hmm. one of those two guys was going to take him okay claire was super mad that somebody took garoppolo in one of the later rounds i don't remember who it was i'm sure we'll get to that it was carol because he took oh, brady okay. he he, <laughs> yeah. he cuffed them when I took Brady last year, Carol gave me a lot of crap for doing that. I picked a Patriots receiver in one of the mid rounds that I didn't even know who the guy was, but I just Chris Hogan he was on the Patriots. Did you yeah. take Chris Hogan? Mm-hmm. Yes, and you didn't know who he was. No, but I saw he's he's for he plays for New England. So I and 
Oh man! Anybody that basically anybody they put out there that's going to be on the field I for lost you know, to 75% you last year. of the snaps. I know. <laughs> All right, round two. Who you got? This is kind of a cheat. Best pick I have is the last pick of the round, which is Amari Cooper. But mm-hmm. I think Amari Cooper has top five upside, and to get him, wow, gosh, what is he? Um, I think, and I expect that offense to be really good this year. They upgraded their line. Um, they don't have a great running game. Derek Carr is um, ascending. Um, I expect Amari Cooper to have a big year. What, you, what you're basically saying is Todd has great receivers. Yeah, I'm saying that. Even after just the first two rounds, he's yes. killing it on receivers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, okay, so that's the best pick. Worst pick, I went with Cam. You know, I understand that he is, he's got an excellent chance to be the top quarterback because of the touchdowns, because, you know, running touchdowns, rushing yards. You know, mm-hmm. I get it. But again, and, and I know it's hypocritical because I should have killed the Rodgers pick, but it was too easy in the first round. And I've got, I don't know who Chessie's sheep is. That's um, Adam. Is it Adam? Benson, uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I have Adam down for a couple bad picks. And I went and revised <laughs> the Aaron Rodgers pick um, to Nelson because I didn't want it to be every every uh, round me killing Adam. So uh, you guys, what did you guys think of the second round? There's a lot of good players. There was value throughout the round, obviously. Well, Cam Newton jumped out to me probably because of – Listening to your advice again, quarterback in the second round. I don't know. I don't blame anybody for doing it, but again, we talked about I would have wanted the fourth quarterback. I don't want to be the drafting the first or the second. And the the first two rounds, there's just too many good wide receivers and and running backs. Um, And then you know, obviously Gronk too. Um, I think Joe Joe took Reed in the second round, right? Yeah, but there's yeah, he did. There are two tight ends who are the focal points of their offense, and those are the two tight ends. So I don't blame people. You can get a huge advantage as long as they stay healthy. They're going to get the most targets in their respective offenses, and they're going to put up monster numbers. So I don't blame anybody for wanting to corner the market on that position. Right. So um, third round. Third round, loved Alshon Jeffrey, which I'm, you know, I killed Adam, but that he he nailed that one. And Alshon Jeffrey. I don't know if everybody was it two years ago. Alshon Jeffrey was making all those ridiculous catches. Yeah, he would be double covered, triple covered, and he would just come down with the ball time after time. I think he had like twelve hundred yards, eighty catches, a dozen touchdowns. Wow. You know, guys take a year off and, and then all of a sudden you forget about them. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is a monster. I mean, yeah. he could he could return first round value, and to get him in the middle of the third round, I thought was just theft. Nice. What about worst pick? Oh, d- no, it's not even close. Julian Edelman. That is an atrocious pick, and it was Carroll, and he took a Patriot. It's awful. <laughs> that is awful. This is not a PPR league. That is an awful pick. Not only is he injury prone, but he can't del- he Alshon Jeffrey went after him. C.J. Anderson, Matt Forte, Doug Baldwin. I took Demarius Thomas, Jeremy mm-hmm. Macklin, Brandon Cooks, Dante Monk. These are all better picks than, than Edelman. What do you think about the run yeah. on quarterbacks there at the top of the third round? I was thrilled to see it. Four in a row, yeah. <laughs> I was thrilled to see it. So, round four. Um, best pick, Eric Decker. I was thinking about Eric Decker at my pick. I had the fifth pick of that round, and he went, I think, Spike grabbed uh, yes. Decker. Spike. And he went like seven or eight picks later. I thought that was really good value. Um, John took Philip Rivers. I thought that was a terrible pick. It, it There were quarterbacks that were going to be drafted four rounds later that probably will return the same value. You just can't you can't take a quarterback that early if he's not going to give you some sort of an advantage. I mean that's 
what you're trying to uh, achieve at every position is some kind of an advantage, and yeah. he doesn't really give you one. Uh, what about uh, round five then? Okay, so round five, and we can we can start to go a little bit faster here if you want to. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Larry Fitzgerald at seventy two. Um, Adam again, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the worst pick of the round I had as my own, D'Angelo Williams. I took Le'Veon Bell in the first round, and I cuffed him. I didn't really reach on him relative to ADP, but the thing right. is, in a 16-team league, you have to take chances. You can't play conservatively. And drafting and cuffing D'Angelo Williams was the conservative pick. And mm-hmm. my target, the other guy I was considering, was Josh Gordon. And I should have gone with Gordon. My gut said go with Gordon. And then there was a part of me that said, he suspended four games, Le'Veon suspended three games, you can't afford to fall too far behind because in a 16-team league, you're not going to be able to make up that that gap. And so I was just hoping that maybe he would fall to me in the sixth round. And <laughs> and Patrick during, Patrick, during the, in the chat, said, I thought you were going to take another player. And, and that's the player he took. And I know that that's the player he thought I was going to take. And he was right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I'm going to get three top five running back starts out of D'Angelo Williams. But I could get... 12 top 15 wide receiver starts out of Josh Gordon. It's a lot more yeah. valuable. And that's just the regular se- Well, no, 12, yeah, because he spent four. So I'm assuming I'm in the playoffs. That's 12 starts. It was just, it was, it was a disastrous pick, and it carried over into the next round where I made another regretful decision, which, rolling into round six, best pick, uh-huh. Josh Gordon, worst <laughs> pick, Derek Carr, me. <laughs> no, no. Yes, no. yes, yes. Was that the only quarterback in the round? Oh no, Bortles was taking a hit in. Yeah, I look. I have Derek Carr right around twelve. I think he's got top six upside if things go right. I uh-huh. took him as the twelfth quarterback. It's just there are other quarterbacks that specifically KJ took in the seventh round that mm-hmm. I like better. Although I wouldn't have had an opportunity to draft him um, unless Carr fell that far and she took him. But what I was looking at before I took D'Angelo and Carr was I was going to take Gordon and Hearns. And one of the strategies I like to do is I like to build a weakness into my roster and compensate with strength in other parts. So oh, that okay. so I only have one position where I'm trying to make up for it. And my thought process was get Gordon in the fifth round, wrap around, get Alan Hearns. Now I've got Demarius Thomas, Randall Cobb, um, Gordon and Hearns, plus I took Le'Veon Bell and Doug Martin, so I'm in pretty good shape. There's quarterback yeah. value later. I knew I was sitting with Dwayne Allen in my pocket that I was going to be able to probably get as the last acceptable tight end, uh-huh. and I would have had a pretty balanced roster, and what I would have had to have done is found another running back that I could get three weeks of starts, and then another running back I thought was a sleeper. And yeah. it just fell apart, and my... so. When you have a plan, execute the plan. Don't second-guess the plan. Ideally, don't draft while you're working, but that that really isn't That's a legitimate true. excuse. Um, I panicked more than anything, and uh, I'm just so angry, and you guys have the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't think it was that bad, like I said before, but I see your point. Um, the thing that stands out to me in round six is when I picked Kobe Fleener and then Jamie, who, Jamie Julian, who's after me in, in that round, immediately... Uh, typed in the chat that she wanted to punch me in the face. So that oh. that makes me feel like I made a good move there. It's, it could possibly work out for you. Fleener's going to... Um, I mean, New Orleans throws a lot, and that, yeah. the tight end in New Orleans has always done well. And I'm just glad that, you know, whenever I can make the player that's picking after me... Angry, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I feel like I've made the right move. You I made mean, me people angry, were cur- too. 
Oh, really? Okay. Because I wanted, so if, if Rob wasn't going to take, if Rob didn't take Derek Carr, I was going to. So Rob took Derek Carr, so then that screwed up that pick. And then I'm like, okay, I'm getting a Drew Brees tight end then. Well, then you did, you took Fleener. And then I'm like, okay, Zach Ertz. And then Julian took Zach Ertz. So that, then I'm left with Barnage. Yeah, I wasn't happy with your Barnage pick. I wasn't happy with my Barnage pick either. So anything else in round six? No, that's, let's get on, let's just get out of round six. (laughs) Seven then. Um, Okay, so I'm going to knock out a few here. Um, So best pick, if, if KJ hadn't taken, if she had taken Carr, if I had taken Hearns, and I would have taken Winston, which is who she took, and I had as the best pick of that round. Uh, worst pick of that round, Seattle's defense. Defenses do not score. You, it doesn't matter if you have the best one. It just it was a waste of a pick. I'm not sure who Fogel's girlies is. That's that's Brendan. Okay, Brendan. yeah, that shouldn't surprise anybody then. <laughs> um, that was awful. In the next round, Isaiah Crowell was I have as the best mm-hmm. pick, and that's Spike again. Um, the worst pick, Broncos defense, Shad. And we're, we're knocking out three straight rounds here, I'm going to tell you, because you don't take kickers and defenses until the last round. Yeah. Round nine, um, Devontae Booker I have as the best pick. Devontae Booker could be a top five running back if C.J. Anderson gets hurt, and C.J. Anderson mm. gets hurt every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how many starts he will give you, but whoever the business we've chosen. That's um, Claire. Claire, okay, best pick. Shad, back-to-back, Adam Vinatieri. He didn't even take the best kicker. <laughs> he took the first kicker, and he didn't take the best kicker. This is so That's funny, unbelievable right? to me. Well, you know what? When this was happening live, I thought to myself, okay, Rob's going to be not happy about the defense, and then the <laughs> yeah. next pick, Chad took kicker. Defense kicker, two in a row, before anybody else, I knew that you would have a problem with that. So you're oh you're God. you're making me feel... Like I listened to you a little bit. You did. Well, you took all the. You took. You never mind. I'm, I'll get to that. You <laughs> well, took Tannehill like and a... Winston. Those are the quarterbacks I was targeting, and I panicked yeah. and I went against my own advice. And I ah, just never mind. I was going to take Winston when you picked him uh, in round. Was it eight, seven? Okay, so I would have got him then. You the were only him. reason yes, that I picked Winston is because Adam Benson took Cousins ahead of me, or I would have taken Cousins. The point that I made in our, you know, uh, the deep dive that we had last week yeah the point stands that the quarterback value was later and and i just i panicked i mean i just okay um round nine nine, round nine was rough yes yeah (laughs) kicker a lot of kickers and defenses in round nine now i took one of the last starting quarterback i took the 12th quarterback and then i wrapped around and i got ryan fitzpatrick as my backup so Mm -hmm. if you take one of the last quarterbacks theoretically, you are going to have a disadvantage at the position. There's a reason that that quarterback, unless you think this quarterback's really a, a big sleeper. Mm-hmm. So the, then the strategy is take another quarterback that you really like, play matchups, and you can end up with top three quarterback value without having one of the best quarterbacks. So right. whenever I take one of the last quarterbacks, I always try to get one of the best backups too. So I can maximize and, and try to play to matchup strength too. That's kind of what I did by... I took a quarterback in round eight, and then in round ten I took another quarterback. Right, mm-hmm. and that, that that made sense because after about twenty two or twenty three, now that Bridgewater and Roma are down, um, yeah, then you're you're really looking at Dreg. 
So you wanted that's that's the strategy you wanted to execute. So anything stand out to you in round in 10? All right, so let's knock out a few here too. Um, Sure. Best pick, James White uh, by Stafford Infection, little Stafford Infection. Um, James White had uh, some games down the stretch where he, in fact, you know this because you had him. Yes. Um, Dion Lewis, I don't know if Dion Lewis is going to play this year. James White fulfills that role unless they pick up another running back. James White could have huge value. You got him in the 10th round. I mean, that's great. Worst value, me, James Starks. Because it timed out. Even though there are other kickers there, at least people were paying attention and volitionally taking kickers. You know, and I, I got stuck yeah. with a guy and I wanted to get a wide receiver and now my roster composition is off. So that kind of sabotaged my draft in a way. Um, so I have to give myself, I have to duck myself. Best pick in the 11th round, uh, Tevin Coleman, Vogel's Girlies. Yeah, I almost picked him. I almost took him. But I, I just didn't need another running back at that point. Yeah. And I have no bad picks. I thought everybody did a good job in that round. I thought all the players were good, and you stole Kenny Stills from right out from under me right before I picked. <laughs> it um, was between him and Terrell Pryor, though, so I, if, you, if I didn't take Stills, I was going to take Pryor right there. Yeah. Well, Pryor's value is going to run out when Josh Gordon hits the field, and then that's going to make me even angrier. <laughs> um, <laughs> round 12. Round 12, I have the best pick is me, uh, wow. Kenneth, Kenneth Dixon. Kenneth Dixon's out for four weeks, but I think there's a very good chance he wins that job in Baltimore. Uh, running backs uh, in that offense are going to catch a lot of passes. I think he's the mm-hmm. most talented. Um, I, I don't see any reason why he won't be the most valuable running back to own. I'm getting a possible starting running back in the 12th round. Uh, he could be a difference maker. Um, worst pick, Shane Vereen. That was John. I, I don't even know what kind of... I, I wouldn't want Shane Vereen on my roster if I had a 25-man roster. So... Yeah. I, I can't justify taking him in the twelfth round. Uh, I'd I just have think Ben Vereen. <laughs> there were just so many other better options. I mean, Robert Kelly would have been a better option, I think. What about uh, you? Said Kenneth Dixon, and then right after you, Jason took a Baltimore running back as well. Buck Allen. Yeah. Okay. I think now, he's going to be the he's second string, right? Kenneth is third. Well, I mean, he's injured, so he's no string right, right now. But I think he'll oh, be okay. at the top of the depth chart eventually at some point this season. Okay, all right. That's the the pick that I took in round twelve is the timed out. It was the it didn't time out. It just it had like two seconds left. I was looking for a particular player that I couldn't find. Mm-hmm. I don't think Buck Allen's a bad pick in that round. Okay. All right. So thirteenth round, uh Eric Ebron. I-, I thought maybe he had gotten into a fight or killed someone yesterday because he was still there in the thirteenth round of a sixteen team draft. That yep. was Spike again stealing from us. Mm-hmm. Um and worst pick Will tie. Sorry, KJ. Hey, I knew uh, it when I pushed the button. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I would have given I would have given you crap if you would not said that. And I would have said the same thing about round eleven okay. with DeAndre Washington, my pick. I think those two my final picks were horrible. So DeAndre give it Washington to me. has a chance. Now he did not people thought that he was gonna steal Latavius Murray's job at mm-hmm. some point this year, but he didn't have the kind of camp that made people um think that that was necessarily going to happen this year and Jalen Richard or Richard I don't even know who that is but he had a pretty good camp and they think it might be um, a three-headed monster in Oakland and Mm -hmm. if Murray gets hurt at the very least it's going to be a timeshare between those two guys Mm -hmm. so um, so Washington has value in a league like this absolutely so I'm guessing the only reason you didn't say that my pick in the round 13 was the worst is because you know that I did it Almost ninety five percent as a joke. Right? You can't. You're not going to get credit for that. Yeah, I'm not going to reward that kind of behavior. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, Anything else about round 13? No. Round 14, no bad picks because we're in kicker defense territory and yeah. there are no bad picks. You can cut these guys and pick somebody else up and they're probably just as good. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Spike took Romo. Um, he's probably going to have to churn that roster spot, but it was worth a gamble. Um, I like Vance McDonald as the value there, and that was Claire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, somebody's going to have to catch passes in San Francisco. I don't know that it's going to be Torrey Smith. Bruce Ellington's already on IR. Uh, DeAndre Smelter, I think, got cut. He was a dark horse to become something this year of a downfield threat. Chip mm-hmm. Kelly likes to go downfield, but I don't know. Blaine Gabbard is not generally good in the pocket, and I don't know if he's going to be able to execute the offense. But I think he is going to start. Um, I don't think he's going to roll with Colin Kaepernick. So it, it's hard to know. And that is a dumpster fire of a team. I mean, there's there's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. If you're in a survivor pool, just take whoever's playing San Francisco that week. I mean, I really think <laughs> Every that that's single week, yeah. probably the play. Uh, I'm, I'm recommending to, I'm probably going to tell my mom to take the Rams in the survivor pool in week one. Uh, that I just I just think San Francisco could be disastrous. Yes. So you're Even saying... Carlos, I worried about Hyde's value, and I, I don't think anybody else has much, but... Vance McDonald, somebody's got to catch these passes. And if Gabbert's getting the ball out quickly to the tight end, you know, it could be him. Yeah. I believe I picked Vance McDonald up last year, and I got some decent production out of him. He was, it was between him and Will Ty. And the reason I didn't pick McDonald is because of San Francisco. So you're saying I should have taken him over Mr. Ty. I would have taken him over Mr. Ty. I'm not sure where Mr. Ty is on the depth chart, and he's I'm not at, sure where he's... He's at least second, possibly third. But right. he did catch some touchdown passes late in the year last year, and if Eli turns it around he, and they do two two tight end sets, he may grab a few. He, but Jarrell Adams might take that second tight end role. He might. Oh, okay. So, well, we at least know Ty is not like the other San Francisco tight end. Um, that got cut. What was the guy oh, who was Miller. at the hotel or whatever? Oh, was that Miller? Yeah. yeah. So he's Miller. he's better than better than him. At least he's he's never assaulted a septuagenarian, as far as I know. So that's he's yeah. he's way out ahead. Uh, okay. Last round, best pick, Josh Doxson. I was considering taking him and just figuring out kicker later and maybe cutting James Starks. Uh, but I thought maybe he could make it to waivers. I don't think he's going to play in week one. I'm not sure, but. Josh Doxson could become something. Yeah. I almost took him a couple of rounds earlier in like uh, 13. That would have been, I, I think that would have been a good pick. I mean, the upside is there. We're not sure how he's going to translate in his rookie year, but the players that are going in that round, I mean, just look at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, just, there's not a whole lot there. Uh, that was That was by far the best pick. And then there are obviously no bad picks in round 15 because most of us are... Just taking bilge that's left over at the end of the, you know, the scum that's floated to the top of the pond. So, anyways, that's the draft, and uh, I have some playoff predictions if you would like. Sure, what you got? So, uh, let's see. Da da da. The best two teams I have would be Spike, Grumble, <laughs> and KJ. Wow! Really? Look at there. Yes, I think that. Uh, so, and you're in. You're both in opposite divisions. So you could both theoretically win your division. Um, let's see. Let's go to the rosters part of our league here. All right. So Jameis Winston and um, blah, 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 blah. you have Ryan Tannehill. That's a great quarterback combination. Gurley could be the best running back uh, in the, in fantasy. C.J. Anderson mm-hmm. could be a top five running back in fantasy. 
Mm-hmm. So you're loaded. You have a great quarterback platoon, and you're loaded at running back. And then you wrap around, and you have Mike Evans and Michael Floyd at, at, as your starting receivers. Both of them could score uh, double-digit touchdowns. If anybody, wow. if, if either Fitzgerald or John Brown gets hurt, Michael Floyd could be a 1,200-yard receiver. That's just unbelievable. Gary Barnage, I don't like. I dinged you for that. Rashad Jennings could be the starting running back in, in New York. I'm not thrilled with him. But you also have Travis Benjamin, who I really like. You have DeAndre mm-hmm. Washington, who I think could maybe take the job at some point. And then people are really high on Eli Rogers. In yes. Pittsburgh. So Look, basically what you're saying, her only weakness really is tight end. It's tight it's end. Tight Will Ty doesn't really help that very much. The aforementioned Ty on the bench. But but she has she also has Willie Sneed, who, mm-hmm. uh, who could have a good season and give her some good games. So one of her players could break out and she could maybe make a trade for a tight end. There are some people that have a couple decent tight ends. Or Barnage could give exactly what he gave last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it plays out. We'll just have to see how it plays out. We're going to have to see how it plays out. Now, Spike's team, where is Spike's team? Is loaded. I don't I don't know what the uh, ratio of input was. So he's got Andrew Luck at quarterback, Carlos Hyde and Frank Gore. I'm not in love with Frank Gore. Uh, Julio Jones and Eric Decker, though, that is a great wide receiver combination. Yeah. Antonio Gates, I still think, has some gas in the tank. Alan Hearns is a great flex. Uh, yeah. Isaiah Crowell, just a great pick. He got him in the eighth round, I think. Philip Dorsett, I was hoping Dorsett would fall to me in the round that he took him. Robert yeah. Kelly was a great pick. Eric Ebron. Remember, this is a 16-team league, people. Tony Romo as his backup quarterback, and he probably looked at the bye with Andrew Luck and said, hey, why don't we just grab him? He should be back by then, and if not, we'll just pick up somebody later down the road. Terrence yep. Williams I don't love, but I think he probably grabbed him almost at the end of the draft. So what are you going to do? Yeah, those, those that's are the, good. Those are the two best rosters, I think. So if you think those are the two best rosters, who would you say um, would be the other teams? So we have six teams that make the playoffs? Is that we correct? have six teams, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're saying those two are, are likely in. Who would you pick for the other four? So I have Claire, John, Patrick, and I hate picking myself, but I always think I'm going to figure out how to get there, even though I hated 20% of my draft picks. Uh, <laughs> well, you, well, I would certainly, I would certainly put you in as one of the six. Well, yeah, and you did say that you approach every season as you're going to make the playoffs. That's just the way you. It's do true. It. It's true. I should have been more confident. I should have taken Josh Gordon, and then other things would have gone um, better. I think. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope to get the sixth spot there. Okay. So going out on a limb, who would you pick right now before the season starts as? Who's going to win this year? Who am I relinquishing the title to? God, I hate to say this, but right now I have to say Spike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would agree, yeah. Oh, that disgusts me. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to lose to me. a 10-year-old. Is he 10 or is he 11 now? I think he's 11. I don't mind losing the, the NCAA pool to him. I mean, he clearly is going to know 100 times more than I am about college basketball. But if I lose to him in fantasy football, I just that's going to be hard to stomach. Well, didn't he come in... He didn't come in ahead of you last year, but he did pretty well, didn't he, last year? He did okay. I mean, even after he got Todd Gurley for free from Brendan, I yeah. think he only ended up going like seven and six. But okay. his dad uh, forgot that he was in the league, and he scheduled a trip to Vegas. Mm-hmm. And the day of, I think that I was talking some smack to him on Twitter, and he's like, what are you talking about? And then yeah. you know, I DM'd him, and was like, you know there's a draft tonight? And he's like, no, I didn't. So he scrambled to get... Um, 
Spike into the draft room, I think, I want to say minutes before the draft started. So Spike had no idea he was drafting, and I'm not sure he saw the settings or if he knew exactly, what, and, and I'm sure he didn't know he was getting into an 18-team league. So yeah. he did the best he could without having any prep time. Yeah, he did really well. Didn't Brendan say last night that he dropped Gurley by mistake? Yeah, he was in his car. Yeah. He okay. meant to drop somebody else. Oh, that's but, right. You know, how, how about how about don't drive and like use an app on your phone at the same time? Maybe that's not the best thing to do. <laughs> that's like Carol last night. He was he was in and out, in and out, in and out of the draft the whole night. But he was also for the first, I think, for the first three fourths of it, he was driving, and his daughter was sitting in the passenger seat with the phone doing. Are the you draft. kidding? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's what, what he was saying in the chat. Yep. Oh Jesus. Okay. Well, I can't. I mean, if it's his daughter, I can't really kill him for that Julian Edelman thing. Then probably. No, and I, I don't have any problem with that because last year I picked a bunch of Steelers, even though I probably shouldn't yeah. have. I took them way ahead of where they should have been taken, well, and I won. It worked so. out pretty good for you. Yeah, that didn't that didn't hurt you. Brady could come back and just crush everybody, and you know they could you know score sixty points a game from week five on, and he could Carroll could win it this year. Yeah, that's theoretically possible. <laughs> it's mathematically possible. Everybody is it's still mathematically yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Robert, for coming on this week. And he'll actually be joining us every week, or at least most weeks, during the fantasy football season. We'll discuss the week's highlights, and he'll answer your questions. That's right. I said he'll be answering your questions. Each week, we're going to ask Rob two to three questions about fantasy football. And it doesn't have to be about our specific league. It can just be a general question. You can ask his advice or whatever. So if you got a question for Rob, please send them to us. And uh, maybe we'll ask it next week. You can send your questions for Rob to us via Twitter to at SpeakTangents, at JudoFuse, that's J-U-D-O-F-U-S-E, or at Buffalo underscore Alice, or on the Facebook at SpeakTangents, or you can email us at SpeakingOfTangentsPodcast at gmail.com. So that brings us to the feedback section. And we, we did, we, we read a lot of feedback kind of throughout when we were talking about, you know, re- reviewing our week with the mailbox and mm-hmm. the, your insurance. So we have, but we have a few, um, few things to read here. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite um, tweets we got from the week was from J Bab Sports Chick. So Jen Babish. Um, at Jbab Sports Chick, and I always say Chick C H I C, but maybe she means Chic C H I C. So anyway, mm-hmm. she just tweeted us two words: snow peas with exclamation <laughs> point. And I love that because <laughs> it, it it's the very last thing that we that we say at the that I say I, I it's me that says it at the end, uh-huh. um, and it. It makes me happy to know that someone, Jen Babish, has listened all the way through. Yes. <laughs> That's probably when I was editing the very first podcast that we did, the first episode, put that in there and forgot that I'd put it in there and was listening through the edited episode just to make sure nothing was messed up and got to that and laughed for two or three minutes. That cracked me up. So that's one of the funniest parts of this whole thing that we've done so far to me. Yeah. So I'm glad that she, I'm glad that somebody else liked it. Me too. And I, I love that. Thank you for noticing that, Jen. And I did have one thing of feedback this week uh, that came specifically to me uh, for both of us, though. Um, 
you know, we talked about our draft earlier, uh, mm-hmm. fantasy football draft, with Patrick Moffat being the commissioner. Um, he sent me the trophy uh, for winning last year, winning the league, and I received it on the day of the draft, which I thought was awesome. Yes. Uh, and on the outside of the box, he scribbled um, this message to us. Speaking of tangents has been great. Next slide. How are you doing the recording for the pod? It's very well produced. Sounds great. Uh, thanks, Patrick. And then, oh, there's something else over here, too. Other side of the box. This side of the box was really not worth reading. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Patrick, man. I really appreciate you saying that and um, definitely appreciate the delivery method as well. Absolutely. And lastly, Ed Butt sent us, um, I think this was in response to one of the Amazon reviews that we uh, oh, okay. read last week about bocce balls. And yeah. he sent, he says, Bocce balls on clay tennis courts roll about 25 on the stimp meter. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Which cracked me up. So thank you, everybody, who continuing to give us feedback and for continuing to listen. Uh, We appreciate it, and we're having a lot of fun and glad that you're participating. So if you would like to contact us, you can reach us on Twitter at SpeakTangents and on the Facebook at uh, speaking of Tangents podcast mm. page. So like us on the Facebook at Speaking of Tangents podcast and our email us at Speaking of Tangents podcast at gmail.com or you can find everything you're looking for on the website at speakingoftangents.com. Did I miss anything? Snapchat. Oh, <laughs> I like how you whispered it. <laughs> like nobody would hear it. Snapchat. And, and, Snapchat. and, and la- <laughs> And last but not least, Snapchat. Um, I I think it's Speak Tangents. Um, Mm -hmm. Sounds right. So you know we haven't checked that, so I don't really know if we have any feedback there. But yeah, so maybe we have something in Snapchat, but we don't know how to check it. So no, just to be honest, (laughs) we don't know. We're also on Instagram at S O T P O D. Cool. You know, you mentioned uh, Amazon reviews before about Ed's, about when he commented about the bocce ball one that Luke sent in last week. Yes. Um, Do you have more? I thought, you know, yeah. Oh, oh, there's thousands upon thousands more. But I thought, you know, we'd maybe read a few if, if we got time this week. Yes, definitely. Right, and these, these are um, for deer repellent, which Ooh. if you've listened to Tony's show at the end of last season, you know, it, right before he left, took a break for the summer, you know, you know the deer situation. I know the deer situation. And I'm interested because I have purchased deer repellent. Oh, really? Yeah. So let's see what they have to say. This might very become very handy for me. Did you, by chance, purchase it from Amazon and maybe leave a review that I might come across? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I purchased <laughs> oh, it from bad. my local store. Okay. Before we get to the review, some of the my favorite parts when I was looking up deer repellent on Amazon are the names of these, the brand names of these products. Oh, really? Like, Deer stopper, <laughs> deer off, deer out, deer scram, <laughs> and my, my favorite, deer mace, <laughs> which is like, come on, come uh, on, really? I didn't buy any of those products. Mine was, I believe, liquid fence or something. Oh, yeah. I see that. That's down. That's, that's way down. Maybe that's well, we've one also of the got, problems. Yeah, that's true. Pestzilla. <laughs> Which is dumb. Well, the, the, they are all dumb. My favorite is Deer Mace. Yeah, that's what I like. I can't say it without saying Deer Mace. It absolutely should be said that way. 
Every time. Dear Mace. <laughs> but as far as reviews, here's one for Dear Stopper. Okay. And I'm only going to read the beginning of this because it's a novel. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we would need another podcast in order to finish this up. And you can go on and read it. It's, it's, uh, it's titled Tulip Survival by an Open Mind. And it starts off. And keep in mind, this is a review for Dear Repellent on Amazon.com. In 1900, there were about 150,000 white-tailed deer in the U.S., reduced by hunting. There are now about 14 million, and they all seem to show up in my backyard. Wow, (laughs) 14 million deer in your backyard. Yes, this story, this grand, epic, sweeping saga of that began in 1900 (laughs) that she's telling this story. So I, I would, I would say check that out if you're, if you're intrigued by that opening sentence. Did she say whether it helped? Because that's why I bought it because they were eating my tulips. Oh, she rated it five stars. So. Oh, I need deer, deer stopper. Deer stopper. Because I had liquid fence and it didn't work. Let's see. Here's one for. It's called Bob X, which I mean they're, they're. They've fallen down on the the deer repellent name game. I mean, yeah, come on, Bob, Bob X. X. Yeah, I don't get. I think that. that's just the company name. It's got like a number after it. Anyway, okay. This is my favorite one that I found on deer repellent, uh, and it's money wasted. Never sprayed it. Nothing to spray it with, and didn't really want to smell stink. That's the title, <laughs> and it's by Rock and Roll. Rock and Roll. I'm going to try my best to read this in the tone that I think it was intended because literally every phrase is separated by probably eight or nine periods. <laughs> okay. Are, are, do so, we have all caps? Do we have lowercase? What do we have? Zero caps. No, not, not a single cap in the entire okay. thing that I can all right. see. I, I can picture that type of yes. writing. So it begins, never used it. Sitting in garage. <laughs> Husband's idea. <laughs> I figured the dogs would roll in it and stink to high heaven. Our money wasted. <laughs> Plus, we have tons of hostas. Probably too many to spray. <laughs> Plus, I don't have clean sprayer that doesn't have Roundup in it. So I didn't really have anything to use to spray it. Don't buy it. <laughs> Unless you know you have a means of spraying it. <laughs> and if you will actually do it. Otherwise, just sitting in your garage until you throw it out. <laughs> that... <laughs> I didn't really look. F- no, it's, it's more. We got oh, more. Oh, there's more. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a third paragraph. Okay. I didn't really look forward. This is a thrilling conclusion. I didn't really look forward to making our yard stink either. Either deers, plural, uh-huh. <laughs> with the S, yep. either deers eating our beautiful hostas to the ground or stink, question mark. Question mark. You be the judge. Yeah. Two stars. You would think maybe one star, but two stars. Two stars. Yeah, that's pretty two generous stars. for a product she hasn't used. Or yeah. <laughs> and 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 apparently had no intention of using. Okay, where was this ranked as how helpful was this review? Um zero of two people found the following review helpful. All so right. I'm gonna say not helpful. Not helpful. But I thought I'd wrap it up with this one for Dear Scram. Okay. And this, the question is, and this is not a review, it's a question. Mm-hmm. What size area does this cover? How long does it last? And the second most helpful answer out of four listed in this, under this question, 
I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> Which then why are you why are you answering, answering this question? question? Those it's not me. like you have it's not like you are universally bound to answer every question on Amazon. What are you doing? Oh, those get me every time. It's like how much does the snow shovel weigh? Yeah. What oh, are you talking about? I am not the you don't have to answer every question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, these people must feel, you know, like they have to do it. They're obligated. They they have to answer these questions. It's like people who give comments on videos on YouTube or on NPR, which we will at some point talk about this, I'm sure, because it'll be it'll come up in a rant about how people feel like they have to give a comment on everything. Even when they have no, even when they have no opinion, they feel like they have to say something often, and that that makes me laugh. Oh yeah, anyway. definitely comments. Yeah, we'll have to get into that at some point. Yeah. So look up deer repellent, and if you're actually trying to buy some, there there were some very highly rated products in there, so I'd recommend checking it out. And if if you're just like me and just looking to laugh at some of the reviews, there's there's some more good ones in there too. Well, the first one I'm going to have to look into for my tulips because they ate them all. Hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be happy if even though the lady gave us a history lesson, yeah, it might be worth it. It might be worth it. <laughs> Since 1900, <laughs> deer have roamed this land and eaten KJ's tulips. Now we'll find out if deer scram. That what that was the name? What was the name of that? One? Uh, that one was deer stopper. Deer stopper, or will she have to go to the deer mace? <laughs> I love it. Every time those reviews get me. So that's all I had for this week. Um, you got anything else? No, I think that just about does it. Oh, well, I guess it's a podcast. It's a wrap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll see you next time, then. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Speaking of Tangents is hosted by Jason Fuse and KJ Onstead. Created by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Edited by Jason Fuse. Directed by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Music written and performed by Jason Fuse. Speaking of music, I feel like I heard some of the music from this podcast somewhere else recently, but I just can't seem to place it. Lyrics and vocals by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Produced by Jason Fuse. Craft services provided by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Special consultants for guest acquisitions, or SCGA as we've nicknamed it, are Jason Fuse and KJ Onstead. Speaking of nicknames, is there really a better nickname in the world than Clipboard Jesus? Because if there is, I haven't heard it. The online media coordinators are Cliffies 1 through 3. Research coordinators are, uh, I don't know, I'll have to get back to you on that. Graphics by Jason Fuse. No animals were harmed in the recording of this podcast. I love snow peas. And I love you.